Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. And hello, everybody out in Condock. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Gotham, episode 96. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading over to BOF, clicking that drop down, and uh, welcome to the buffet of nerd chat. Uh, pick whatever show you want to listen to. They're all great. Uh, this week's recommendation of the month is Raimi Review. And uh, so we'll start there. That's a good fun one. I feel like video games and uh, Micah does other stuff, not just nerdy stuff. So it's good stuff over there. I'm your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I'm Peter R. Verite. We're recording on October 29th, 2022, and it's a great day because the Houston Astros are losing the World Series one game to none. And as always, we have a great show for you today, but before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you all, our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on, on air, you have just won a Straight to Gotham prize pack. Uh, check out our social media if you're interested to see what other contest winners have won, because uh, basically it's probably like, you know, winning nerd lottery. So uh, get your reviews in like Rotten Tomatoes, and you got to be in it to win it. So make sure you do that. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the man who defeated Sally Jesse Raphael in the 1977 New York, Pennsylvania Interstate Blindfolded Pumpkin Carving Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, a Batman on Film Junior contributor, Eric Holzman. Thank you, Pete. Uh, memories again. All these memories. Sally Jesse Raphael was a beautiful person, by the way. How, how do you guys blindfold, carve pumpkins blindfold? I think that's very dangerous. It's kind of like a feel thing. You know, you just kind of, mm-hmm. you, you put the blindfold on, then you kind of feel around, find your spot. And then you just, they give you a nice little carving tool. It's not like mm-hmm. anything crazy. It's not like they give you a, a butcher knife. Or anything. By, <laughs> like, by any chance, like, do you know how to read Braille? Like, would that... Would that help you in your It training? probably would. I don't know how to do it, but it probably would help you if you knew that. Okay. Uh, it's just good to know what a pumpkin feels like in this regard. And then especially, you know, how sometimes you get the crappy pumpkins with like that white stuff on it and whatever. So you kind of mm. have to know where not to carve. But yeah, <clears throat> it's a it's a fun it's a fun experience. I think everyone should try it, by the way. You should put a blindfold on when you do your pumpkin and then just see what comes out. So do you just go to random pumpkin patches, close your eyes, and just start feeling them like a psycho? (laughs) Are you a pumpkin pervert? Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Is there a phase? The the restraining order. I can't do that anymore. So (laughs) from where? Like Duchess Farms? Did they like? Were you just breaking in to feel their pumpkins? (laughs) It was a little. Yeah, it was a little strange. They thought it was weird of me to do that. I don't know why. Is this like? It sounds like cult activity. They're not living (laughs) things. I wasn't hurting anyone. I don't understand, but pumpkins are alive, Eric. They grow. That's true. You're right. I am wrong. They are living things. I'm they need sorry. Water and love to grow. Do they? Yeah. You ever have a garden? I know they need water, but love. You got to love your plants. If you don't love your plants, they're not going to grow. Like, why would they grow for you if you don't like them? That's fair. That's a good. You're point. clearly not a gardener. I'm not. I totally. I, it's weird. I've grown up. I've been a suburban person all my life. Have have had yards and gardens. This is not my thing. I hate cutting grass. I hate gardening. I'm not that guy. I'm so much more of a city guy than a than a suburban guy. But 
What are you going to do? Well, good so, thing you live near New York. That's true. I do live where I live is still suburbs, but I live very close to Queens. So much more of a uh, sub, of an urban feel. You but put we the have urban in suburban? I Yes, I definitely did. But we have a special thing today that we haven't had in a while. Uh, it's called a guest. <laughs> it's called a guest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we actually have a guest today. Uh, he's been on the show before uh, a while ago, but he is also the creator of the Batman Book Club. He is also a friend of ours, a very good friend of ours as well. Uh, Mr. Ryan Lauer, welcome back. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, it's very nice to be back here on the show recording with both of you. I know basically at this point, if Pete's not your co-host, he's mine over on my show, Eric. <laughs> so it's nice to be with both of you on your guys' show. Uh, also, I Lauer, to- let me out. <laughs> I, to- <laughs> I totally appreciate the the respect to one Sally Jesse Raphael. Um, Pete, she still is alive. You spoke of her as if uh, in the past tense, but she's still she's still rocking. Okay, well, you know what? Just, Good for her. I want to make that clear because yes, pioneers of daytime one of the television, and it also just goes to show that Eric has a thing for Sallys. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget the great <laughs> Sally Testerberger. Great, yeah. Uh, Eric's ex girlfriend who can't seem to leave us alone. She's just so <laughs> hung up on Eric. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder I, if she, I wonder if she ever wore shoulder pads and red frame glasses. She could probably pull it off too. It's a Sally. I don't know. Thing. I don't know. But I, I'll tell you one thing: she rode the E train. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy right. but thank you guys for the invite uh that didn't i appreciate take it long. <laughs> oh of course man it's been it's been too long it's been too long uh pete and i kind of get, get caught up in our thing and we just kind of oh it's your guys show you can do whatever throw the these things out <laughs> every week we throw these we throw these things out every week and uh with scheduling and time it's been tough to get everyone together so it's just fun having you back on and recording with you. Uh, Pete gets to do it. I don't. So it's cool to have you back. Uh, so yeah, read, we're going to get into comic books, Eric. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that'll never happen. We're going to talk. We're actually going to talk about a comic book later on. Woo-hoo. There's one that came out recently. We're going to actually talk about a little bit. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit in the future, but um, <clears throat> let's, I guess really quickly, we can touch on the sports and then we can move forward from there. Uh, so as Pete mentioned, the Houston Astros are losing in the World Series, and they tried. To, and not only did they try to, they tried to cheat in the game, so they're still at their old antics, leaning into pitches. I'm glad America got a chance to watch it now. So, you know, the entire country's rooting against them, except for one city. So, and yeah, That's true. I'm a bitter Yankee fan. Kiss my ass if you got a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, when a team beats you up as much as the Astros have oh, beat up God. the Yankees, it's just another NL East team who can crack 90 wins. It's crazy. They're they're becoming (laughs) your Ohio State, basically, Pete. So I get it. I totally get it. Uh, I don't get the reference uh, because I'm not a football guy. Um, So I don't know how much Ohio State dominates Michigan. To an extent, I understand. Uh, Too too much. Too much uh, in my lifetime, actually. Okay. Here in the 21st century, it's it's been it's been pretty bad. Has it been that way? Yeah. Yes, it's been very one sided in Lauer's life. Tilted towards it, but they did last. Michigan won last year. They did. I'm they just did gonna, last year, I'm, so. I'm gonna say this: the Astros have been the six ALCSs. They're clearly straight ALCSs. They're clearly the best team in baseball the last seven, eight years. Um, but you know, you, you're turning into the Buffalo Bills here. You're gonna have to win one. 
you know, the mm-hmm. one you want is tainted. You got to win a clean one. And uh, if you don't do that, it's kind of hard to be a dynasty in my mind. And It'd be the Braves of the nineties. Yeah. That's yep. what I'm kind of leaning to. <laughs> it would a be. A lot of people wanted to compare the Dodgers recently to the Braves. Um, but I think Houston has just been more successful, you know, winning their division consistently. Um, you know, the Braves have won their division. seem like, for 15 years in a row. I thought it was 16. I think that was their, their streak stopped at it was, 16. It was a long, something it was a long like streak. that. It was, it was really almost long. two decades. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still give Houston a lot of credit, you know, with the amount of turnover they've had between the front office and the field. And even though they're heavily analytic, they still let Dusty run the team like a real manager when they're playing the game. So I, I still think they've combined the best of both worlds. But, you know, you got you got to win one. And uh, they've had trouble with the NL East, apparently. Yeah, they have the secret sauce, whatever the NL East knows. That's not a should... good term for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's very true. But yeah, they I mean they have they seem to have the the NL East team seem to have a good read on whatever Houston likes to do well. Or they're just they're just put together to beat them. It's so. it's also a very interesting World Series for people in the tri state area. Um obviously Yankee fans can't stand <laughs> the Astros. And uh, the Phillies have a have had a number of ex-Yankees. They're managed by an ex-Yankee. And they also have two starting pitchers who are ex-Mets. <laughs> and Mets <laughs> Which, uh, fans hate them. And yeah, Noah Syndergaard is a very hated Met. And yes. Zach Wheeler was let go by the previous organization regime. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, because he was too much money and uh, he's pitching them to a World Series. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's a been... very, very interesting World Series here. I've had, I've actually, it was weird. I, uh, during the ALCS, I've actually, all the Met fans I know, some of them were kind of like, you know what, Eric, uh, we're actually rooting for the Yankees. And I was trying to like, think about why. And then it made sense because it was the Phillies who they hate because they're a division rival, the Padres who beat the Mets this year. So they hated them. And they walk in a hard place. Yeah. And then they all, most people don't like the Astros because of the cheating scandal and everything. So they were like the one team that's left. Uh, that happened to me for game one i walked into the deli for a sandwich and joe was like i mean i'm I'm over the yankees i can't i can't i can't move these i can't i can't can't move these and i'm just looking like this is why they're gonna lose like you've rooted against the yankees for my 36 years of existence and i walk in here and you put the maloki on me i'm like i'm walking out well i just i just pull a, a nico and i just look for the the cub connection so it was rooting for the Yankees because of Rizzo and now Schwarber's mm-hmm. on the Phillies. So it's like, sure, go Phillies. And yeah. also, yeah. Houston's are cheaters. So there you go. Yeah, uh, you know, it, they they have separated themselves from that scandal for a little bit. Like, there's not many of those guys left. You got Bregman. You've got Altuve. But you even That's just the said one. they're still cheaters. But, but that, yeah, they, see, he's <laughs> the one. Altuve, as long as Altuve is there, it matters to me. Hmm. That's the guy. He's the one I hate the most. Really? I, I still hate Bregman. The number one guy. No, <laughs> it's Altuve for me. Really, I'll never forget the whole work, work coming towards home plate, covering the shirt. That I'll, that's an image in my head I will never forget. Mm-hmm. So I hate. And that they've guy. gotten kind of lucky in the past, to be honest with you. Like the year, the year after they were essentially convicted of cheating, you know, there was nobody allowed in the ballpark. So you know, they, they kind of had an easy comeback. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, they that's really true. Face an audience and, until much later in the season and. But you can't take anything away from them. They've, they've been the best team in baseball for a long time now. And uh, much like the Texas Rangers in 09 and 2010, you know, they, they were above everybody else. And 
we'll see what happens. Um, but you know, I've never seen, <laughs> it's funny seeing these teams walk in there and have no problem playing in Houston and the Yankees walk in there and the, clearly it's all in their heads. <laughs> yep. It's totally in their heads. They're hundred percent. in so their We'll heads. see what happens. Oh. You know, Aaron judge has a problem with orange. Let's see how he does next year when he's wearing it for the giants. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other, that's a whole other show. We could do a whole other show on the Yankees off season, uh, different show. We could literally do, uh, we've already heard rumblings about things that are going on. I don't want to get into it now. Cause that would be another 20 minute conversation. <laughs> and Lauer would be like, guys, shut up. I don't want to talk. What about would that show be called? <laughs> All Yankee out. Of the bullpen. <laughs> Straight out of the bullpen. Straight out of the bullpen. Or, I already came up with a title. I have a title for every possible like scenario with a straight out of theme. What happened to straight out of gamma though? We were supposed to, I'm waiting for Lauer to record. He's a little bit busy. He's, he's (laughs) got to catch up on his Hulk books. Yeah. Like I got to (laughs) start. That's how much he just started reading other books besides the long Halloween. So him to get into entirely (laughs) another character is a chore. I still got a couple more days of long Halloween. And then November 1st, I can start on the other stuff. Yes, yeah. I've I've loved following. I keep trying that to sell him on Hulk Gray, considering his lobe and sale, because I know oh, he's a hard one for those you two. You shut your mouth right there, Peter. <laughs> I yeah, I've actually enjoyed uh, the 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 one panel stuff. That's been fun to follow. This Thank one. you. I, I got to do it. I forgot to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you for reminding me to harass Paul Herman. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm also wearing a Straight Outta Gotham shirt on Straight Outta Gotham. That's another pet. And it's uh, gray pet for Hulk peeve. Gray. Yeah. Paul that's says awesome. you can't support the shows that you're on by wearing them when you record. So that's for you, Paul Herman. Is that like what? you can't wear a shirt of the band you're going to see? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly thing. what he said. And we're and I think me and Justin don't were be that like, guy. What? What are you talking about? That's what you're supposed to do. Hey, that's don't wear Paul Yankees. The Seattle freeze. He didn't even know that. <laughs> don't wear Yankees gear to a Yankees game. <laughs> it's a sin. It's crazy stuff. Love Crazy you, Paul. talk, Paul. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that rule. What, what movie is that from? I forget. It was the guy who played Cheese. He said it in one of his earlier roles. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Um, oh, really? The one in college. Yeah, God. that college movie. I know like, what you're talking about. Guy. I know what you're talking about. Old yeah, I like that movie. Rosenbaum's in it, too. No, no, no. It's before old school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum's in it, too, is in that movie. Was it I PCU? Forget- might be P- yeah, it was something like that. It was something PCU or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy that movie. That's one of the. That's kind of one of those movies that didn't do well, but gets a cult classic, cult following. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So let's start now. Let's roll into, of course, the news. News. All right. I still so- think he says muse. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to begin with, let's just start coming right out the gate with our review of Black Adam now that all of us have seen it. Uh, I mean, I obviously I've given my thoughts on this a couple times, so I will let one of you guys begin and <laughs> talk about. I'll, I'll start. Um, I was very impressed with this movie start to finish. I really liked the story. I thought there was a deeper meaning involved in that as well i thought the cgi was fantastic especially what they did with the twist about the son and the father and the rock and how he looked you know it it was very interesting to see the rock look like a normal person (laughs) at one point very skinny i thought they did that brilliantly um you know because if you look if you think about it guys like what other movies have done stuff like that first avenger have kind of taken somebody else's face put it on a really tiny person's body Mm mm-hmm um, and I think, you know, just 
of course, throughout the years, technology has gotten better. So it really worked in that aspect. Um, the JSA was phenomenal, even though we got a little bit of backstory on some characters. Um, I'm an Adam Smasher fan, um, thanks to Jeff Johns and his run in JSA. Um, the Henry Winkler cameo was uh, probably <laughs> my favorite cameo uh, as he played uh, Mr. Pratt, the original Adam. Um, uh, Cyclone was a little underdeveloped, but uh, she was there. She, uh, you know, She's kind of Storm, essentially. I thought her powers were cool. Uh, yeah. uh, Pierce Brosnan killed it as Dr. Fate. Um, their special effects for Dr. Fate were amazing. His performance was wonderful. The tension between him and, and Hawkman was good, was perfectly placed at the right time. Aldous Hodge was brilliant in the role. And I mean, and to be honest, I really love the whole aspect of, you know, this archeological stuff. It was like it, Instantly, I was getting vibes of Indiana Jones because of um, the, the guy uh, who played, uh, I, I, I forget her name in the movie, but it's, it's the character is Isis. Um, her brother is essentially uh, Salah from Indiana Jones. And then you get the aspects of uh, Brendan Fraser's mummy mixed in with just comic book movies. And there's some a little bit of X-Men 1 in there. And it just really worked for me. I, I know a lot of people are kind of iffy on it, but um, cause they feel like it started slow, but I really got into that opening exposition about conduct and the history. Like I was really captivated about this movie from the first opening scene. And, you know, and then by the end of the movie, I'm, I'm just splooging all over my pants um, because of the cameo. It's that, just that baseball sauce again. <laughs> yeah. You know, literally I'm, I'm putting my secret sauce on your hamburgers. <laughs> Um, okay. I, was just phenomenal. I, I, I have no complaints. I, I think it's great. It's, I didn't go in there expecting the dark night and I didn't go in there and I went in there and I didn't expect it to be green lantern. It's just a really fun movie. The only issue I think I say I would have with this movie is that this probably should have came out in June and July. Cause this feels like a summer tent pole thing. You know, I think this really could have been a, a huge summer movie. Um, but I really enjoyed it. If I had to grade it, I don't know. I give it like a solid, a BB plus. I had a lot of fun with it and I'm, I'm really looking forward to expanding this whole magical realm within the DC, uh, you now that it's officially called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I've given my thoughts on it, uh, multiple times, but one of the main critiques that we've heard is that the Dwayne, the rock Johnson isn't as charismatic as as he normally is so laura i'll ask you did did that bother you the fact that the rock wasn't technically the rock in this movie or did you enjoy watching him be a different kind of character i felt like he was the rock but this was a this was where almost uh blunt um blunt delivery worked the best and it wasn't like monotone it was just very matter of fact all of his lines and being delivered you know, it was it was like, like I don't know. It's just very like serious and but like I don't know. It was it was good. I really liked how he did do that, and he wasn't trying to be, you know, the cheeky ha ha funny uh, with some of his smart ass comments or anything like that. And when he did use some, like in it, and it did work. I I really liked his performance as Black Adam in, in this. Yeah, you know, there was there were definitely moments that were still like, oh, yeah, this is Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam. But also it, it worked. He definitely worked in that that role for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I It didn't it was kind of nice. And I even said this when I did my first review, it was kind of nice to see him not being the over the top wrestler character that he is often in films still. 
mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of nice to see him more subdued and playing a role about a guy who obviously this guy's been dead for 5,000 years. It's a completely different society that he wakes up to. Uh, it's just a totally different thing, uh, different time for him. So anyone I think would kind of be like that would kind of be just kind of deadpan and not know how to react and just kind of be this, you know, this godlike figure. Uh, so that did, that didn't, it was actually kind of cool for me to see that. So how you just said deadpan, I think that's a good way to put it, but it's like, that's not meant negatively. No, not at all. Like he says something and moves on. It's well, not it's like sarcasm. To, it's not right. sitting there. Yeah, it's not. He's not sitting there. To see, like, I'm going to say something to ruffle your feathers and let's see what you come back with me. It's it's like, no, I'm putting the punctuation and then I'm moving on to the next the next thing. I thought the humor in the movie was good, too. I thought it was well placed. You know, like the, for me, him walking through walls instead of not using doors never got old. No, you know, that, things like that. The really quickly and throwing the one guy in remembering at the very last second. Don't forget to tell him the man on box said to you, you know, the, <laughs> like that really like I got a good laugh out of that because that felt very. It felt genuine. It didn't feel forced. It just worked of like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to say this catchphrase thing at the last second. So, and I, like, that was funny to me. It wasn't hammy and hand fisted. No, the 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 little boy, I can forget his name. I don't know why, but I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. He's like. He's kind of like the, I guess, the moral center for this in this movie. He's kind of like the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the kid who has all the idealistic idealism. In a way, and, he's Freddie Freeman. Yes, he's kind of the Freddie Freeman. There's parallel. There's a lot of parallels, and it connects very well to Shazam in that aspect. Right. So he's kind of, and he he kind of drives why uh, Teth Adam at that point is not. He doesn't become Black Adam until the end, <laughs> the very end. Uh, but he's uh, why Teth Adam kind of does the things he does and actually kind of helps out because he wants to save him at certain points. And uh, so he's kind of the emotional center of the film, and you kind of that kind of guides you through the story, and like that kind of carries you through the story. And, How spoiler are you gonna get here? Full I mean, spoilers. Yeah, Full spoiler? Okay. It's been like, what, two weeks? So, Eric, I haven't gotten to talk to you about this at all. Um, sure. But I did get to tell Pete that I thought the opening took a little... Next viewing of it won't feel as long as the first viewing of that opening, but I did feel like this is big... Exp- and for me, it's a thing of like to open up a movie with massive exposition dump. I'm like, you're just telling me to remember all this stuff about everything that's just new as we continue on. And I'm like, I'm not going to remember that. Um, and then I felt like the movie for like the next almost hour and a half just like crushed it. Like yeah. it's fun action that just kept moving. JSA just show you know, they showed up at work, the fighting and more of that. And their Teth Adam and the JSA, them clashing was like a good like, oh, this is a good part of the movie. Yeah. And then in it the middle just, of the city, you thought they took out Ishmael or whatever, which I was like, OK, so what are they going to do with? Uh, like what how are they gonna wrap this up what's the rest of the movie and i thought all of a sudden then we're in hell and that really got me to me that took me out of it where i got like really like what like what is what is this because i just felt like it was a big shift and then they crammed retired teth adam the devil comes up there's zombies let's unite the city to fight the zombies let's sacrifice a main character let's make sure to resurrect Teth Adam as black Adam again. And let's have him take down the villain in like 10 minutes. And I was like, Whoa, this is a lot to just kind of cram. I felt the city thing was going to be a bigger part. Cause then it's like, they never checked back on it. 
there's like Amon, let's unite and fight these zombies and they're like yeah and then it was just like there was nothing until it was just shown that they're all they're all gone and it was really rushed of a return of black like it wasn't enough time to me to really settle with the fact that they don't have him and so, and like i don't know that to me took the movie down because it, it didn't end like on a high note for me in the sense of how i was feeling that hour and a half of black adam just kicking ass and clashing like all that was so good then it stopped and went to this stuff that was rushed to me sorry that was really long and winded um no no for me i feel like i needed that exposition in the beginning i need the context of black adam um and i felt like the general audience would need that as well because i don't sure. think many people know about black adam so you've got to tell me about this character and his history uh, in order for me to care enough about him at the end of the movie um again if if you're going to, if you have issues with the whole going to hell thing, I took that as, you know, the, the gods have their champion in Shazam. And at one point, black Adam, and they even said it in the movie, you know, the wizard has his champion. We have ours, mm-hmm. you know, again, that just connects, you know, you know, uh, the gods to the devils. And I thought that was pretty cool in my opinion. Um, and, and I, I was like, man, like, and I didn't mind the whole disposable villain thing, because to me, this is what suicide squad, David Ayer's suicide squad should have been. Right. And in in a way, it kind of is the team gathering around something that they can, you know, get rid of and destroy. And, you know, I didn't have any real problem with it. I thought everything was paced pretty well. Um, I think the scenes that you don't like in a two and a half hour movie probably get explained a little bit better. Sure. Than a two hour popcorn action film, which I think this is. Mm -hmm. So that 30 minutes can go a long way with those little details. Um, So, you know. If that's if those are the issues you have with the film, I can't tell you otherwise. But for me, I just didn't have them, and that's just my perspective. It is kind of a rough transition. I'll give you that. It is kind of a rough um, to go for exactly like you said from this nonstop <clears throat> scene to where they capture him finally, and then he finally relents and says, "Okay, you know, um, you got to promise I'll never say Shazam again and become like Adam." And he's like, "Okay, fine." And and then all of a sudden, it's just kind of the turnkey moment but you kind of knew it was coming because dr fate kept kind of hinting you know like this is not it's not over yet so you knew something was coming right he was for he so you knew something else was coming but it is it is a little fast you're right it does it goes bang 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 it does there's not a lot of explanation so the exposition in the front maybe you needed more of that in the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know explain a little explain a little bit more to get you there but it did the reason it didn't take me out of the movie is because it was still the pace was still fast like i thought the pace was consistent in the film that it kept Mm -hmm. moving so i was able to just put those pieces together and run with it i don't love i didn't love the villain Uh, that's been another complaint and it's been a it's a complaint a lot of comic book movies uh and it this i felt it it kind of landed here for me as well uh you know a little bit of about him you don't know much uh, you know, it's cool that the crown kind of c- connects the whole thing and that's how he becomes Sabak and the whole deal. But you kind of not going to get that action figure. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> <laughs> but you're kinda... getting everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You kind of are like, eh, it's whatever. And because for the most of the movie, it's being sold that that black Adam is the villain. Right. Yeah. That's and, most of the movie. Yeah. And I'd have been man. I'd have been so fine if the whole movie was just JSA black Adam. Right. That, like that, that was the crux to me of that big, you know, that I keep saying like an hour and a half. I don't know if that's how long it was, but like the majority of the movie was that. And I think that's where it was at its best. 
Yeah, I you get know. what you're saying, but the character does kind of like toe that line. Yeah. Like I, I kind of compare Black Adam in a way to Doctor Doom, you know, like he he's he's looked at from the outside as an iron fist ruler. Maybe we've got to be weary of him. And, you know, you get you really do get that idea by by film's end. But his people love him like yeah. to the people of Kondok. He is their savior. He is their champion. He yep. has rescued them. You know, so there is a group of people who really think that Black Adam is the man. This is the guy. You know, no one cared about us until this guy came around. Yeah. And that was, you know, there's a, that's why I said the movie's got a little bit of a deeper message that might get lost in a lot of the fighting and action. But I, that's what I find so interesting about this character. And, you know, shout out, shout out to DC for getting to this before Marvel did. You know, like how many times have you heard DC's just copying Marvel? You know, we hear with the Flash and the multiverse stuff, you know, like you, you heard it about BVS and, and, Captain, and Civil War. And, you yeah. know, to kind of get out in front finally is uh, it, it's a little bit of a W like I know they say they're not competing but you know it, it must be annoying to constantly be told you're copying somebody else's homework um, mm-hmm. and th- th- that's what I think is really cool about this villain or this character is there's some people who swear he's a hero and there's a lot of people who think that he is a he's a loose cannon so All right, it's the old point of view question right yeah so depending on your point of view you're some guy could be good some guy could be bad it all depends on how you look at things but the movie does kind of delve you were talking about other themes the movie does kind of delve into themes like colonialism imperialism things of that nature because that's still going on conduct is under uh, colonial rule still so you have that thrown in here as well Uh, it's very very it's layered more than you would think this kind of a film would be i didn't expect that i really didn't yeah, it was another. It was a pretty cool thing to see, uh, but overall, just I I don't know. Like I, the little thing you guys like that Laura brought up everything. The little problems, I I totally see it. I understand what you're saying, and I can see how you think that. But for me, it just flowed. Like that was the thing. I wasn't. I don't need everything to be this huge introspective story about a hero, or you know, sometimes it's nice to just watch a movie and have see guys fight and see battles going on and things exploding. And sometimes it, you just doesn't want it that. feel kind of like eighties to you feels like an, almost like an eighties yeah. action flick with yes. a little bit more like CGI and less practical effect. Yes. It very much is. If this movie came out in 1987, I would not have argued with anybody <laughs> and said, you're, you're kidding me. Like I, I totally could see that as well. Uh, all right. So let's of course talk about the scene that got everyone crazy and going into this was the, the reveal and the extra credit seed where Henry Cavill Superman does show up. Uh, I know. Sorry. Spoiler, everybody. I left with <laughs> the credits. Oh, damn it. You mean it wasn't Dean Cain? <laughs> was not. No, it was not Dean Cain. It was not Tyler Hoechlin. It was not a ghost. Uh, uh, George Reeve resurrected. George Reeve or Christopher Reeve, you know, digital creation. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was Henry Cavill Superman and Henry Cavill this time. It wasn't next that neck down headless. It was it was an actual um it was actually him. So uh and of course the fantastic Viola Davis as Amanda Waller shows up in this movie a couple times and like I say all the time anytime she's in something I'm I'm going to give it a I'm going to lean towards watching it anyway. Uh so she introduces the cut cuz as we know, she could never be like, okay, this guy's cool now. He, she's always on her toes, you know. So she kind of tells him, 
you have to stay in conduct. You can't go anywhere. That's what you're in control of. And then he's like, well, no one on this planet can stop me. And she goes, I know people from other planets. And then here we go. He says, send them all. And then we see Henry Cavill Superman. So even though most people knew it was coming, Lauer, how did you feel when you finally saw the scene in the theater? It was cool. Like, uh, I was, I was glad to see, I was glad that it was Superman. Uh, and right. I'm, I'm still fine with Henry Cavill as Superman. And I don't mean that as like, Ooh, it's fine. Kind of fine. I'm like, yeah, cool. Henry Cavill is still Superman. That's I didn't. Cool. All right. Get that. Get that S stands for hope. Like Pete's uh, middle initial. Um, get that symbol out there. Let's build toward a, another Superman movie. And if he pops up in other ones, then cool. Like, I don't know. I, I saw this as a good thing. I don't see how it's a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. We've all said, um, we, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't like Henry Cavill in this role. I don't think there's one person out there who doesn't want him to get a another shot at Superman. We've all wanted that. While, you know, we know that the studio at one point had other plans. A Val Zod Superman movie doesn't really get my juices flowing as much as, you know, a traditional Kal-El Clark Kent Superman. Uh, I think this is great to get the hype train going. Um, everyone's talking about it. And, you know, I know some people have issues because it was a different theme and because now he has a spit curl, but, you know, it, it, he's still Superman. Um, <laughs> and I'm very excited that he's, he's returning. It, also because, you know, Superman working in junction with the U.S. government, and this has been kind of a debate online, but to me, that's truth, justice in the American way. The government sending him in there, um, you know, and he went in there willingly uh, just to kind of restore order and peace and basically just let them know, you know, Hey, look, I'm watching you. Like to me, that's, that's very faithful to comic books. Um, you know, it's been a d- debate online, you know, been a, you know, about better tomorrow, but for me, that's, that will never be the tagline. Uh, yeah. And it just, it feels very comic book accurate having Superman watch and in the wanes, you know, waiting to just interject. And uh, I, I, I'm really excited for it because I, 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 I'm, I'm a fan of Man of Steel. I'm a big fan of BVS. Um, and I'd like to see Henry Cavill back in this role. It, it's, you know, it, it could have been any Superman, to be honest with you. But the fact that it's Cavill, like, I have no complaints and I don't see how anyone could. Um, I don't care what timeline it is. We know the Flash is going to restart things. Things are going to be a little bit different. But, you know, like we've seen guys, you know, Affleck got redemption. Uh, Brian Reynolds has gotten redemption. Uh, let's let's get Henry Cavill get some superhero redemption. I think he's earned it. You know, it, it, we it's time for another Superman movie, and I'm happy that it, it's in the works. I, I really am. It, it's it's something that we all we all love to see, and, and I can't imagine anyone who dislikes super who likes Superman is not excited for this. I like how you just yeah. said of like uh, of the two. And I have my absolute doomsday clock just like right here, and because I was like, wait, hold on a second. And sure enough, there's pages of Black Adam versus Superman, like. Facing <laughs> off, and I'm like, yeah, written by the master Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I think we've all said this before, and like Pete, you said, we all kind of thought he got the short end of the stick uh, playing this role because he only got his one solo film, and then they kind of panicked, and we know what happened from that that point. Uh, and Henry Cavill, I mean, I say all the time the fact that he had 43 lines in the theatrical cut of a of a two and a half hour movie that he's the co lead in was crazy to me uh so now we're getting 
uh, we've got news and word came out after the fact that Man of Steel 2 is in fact in development. So we know that that's coming down the road. And Henry Cavill actually spoke in New York City at the 92nd Street Y, which a lot of people out of New York know because it's been this specific Y has been in other movies. So every time I thought it was cool that they that they did it there. But he's he was interviewed by MTV's J- Josh Horowitz. And they were talking about, uh, obviously, the end credits scene and how that came about. And he got to choose the suit, so he chose the Man of Steel suit, he said, because it was really important that he's standing there and uh, enjoying the moment. That was one of the top moments of his career. Uh, and, of course, we know Cavill also released a little video announcing his return, saying that Black Adam was just a small taste of things to come. Um, he gives a little bit of insight on the the gun saffron thing, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, but we give a little bit of insight on that. Uh, and Zack Snyder actually <laughs> sent a question in at this little... Uh, <laughs> He's back. This, They're both back. This little interview. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he asks about the fl- early flying scenes that he worked on in Man of Steel. And he's asking, he asked specifically about that kind of thing. And Cavill actually speaks very nice about it. So he's a lovely guy. He's appreciative for everything he's done. He wouldn't have been, uh, he wouldn't have got this opportunity if it wasn't for Zack Snyder. So very appreciative of Zack and what he did for his career. And how, if, let's be honest, he might not even have been in Mission Impossible if not for being Superman. You know, you know I feel very similar about oh. Bill Ramey. I never okay. would have met Kevin Conroy if it wasn't for Bill. Yeah, I wouldn't. We wouldn't know each other yeah. if it wasn't for Bill, right? Like we wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> Some of you uh, would have rather have been that way, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so we would not know each other for so that. So yes, uh, that's true. That's a very, very, very good. So wait, comment. Pete, you're saying that comment. Bill is Zack Snyder? <laughs> yeah, of our, of our little BOF world. Yes, <laughs> he's the architect. Pete, Pete, it was nice knowing you on BOF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pete has left uh, Batman on film. He will never. You will be asked, asked to back. leave. There you go. He's been asked to leave. But Cavill does also talk a little bit about uh, the development of Man of Steel two or what's going on in the future. All he says is, "I can't say anything," which, <laughs> which because which of course has become the tagline for everything we kind of report on in development here. Whenever we find out something, we always say, "And we don't know what." role they're playing or what's it, what, what exactly is going to be going on happening so uh but it was cool it was a cool little interview uh, and uh you know he seems again he seems happy to play the role i think that's the best part of it was he can't wait to play an enormously joyful superman well that's what he said at, at his red carpet interview for the movie he's doing with millie bobby brown he said three words hope optimism and joy yeah. And, you know, that kind of sent ripples throughout the Twitterverse, depending on, you know, what side you're on. <laughs> but to me, that always, you know, I've always been a fan. And, you know, I, I, if you want to call me a bootlicker or what, whatever stupid word you want to call me, I've, I've been a, I've always been a fan of the cat out of the tree, Superman, right. you know, that version. Um, and I say that as a person who enjoys other interpretations, such as Red Sun or BVS, just to name a few that are different than normal. Um, but you know, everyone has their preferred take and that just happens to be mine. And that's kind of what I think of. I think that's what was sold to us, uh, for JL 17. And I think that aspect of the character was portrayed that way in that film. Um, and you know, I always kind of felt that was essentially the version of the character that I love the most. Uh, so to hear him say that 
you know, and, you know, see him coming out the way he did at the end of black Adam with that theme. Like that's uh that's pretty, you know, they're laying it on thick. Yeah, they are. I agree with that. Laura, real quick. Do you think the next version will be, um, a continuation of the one that we got in JL 17, that Superman. What do you think? Yeah. Better CGI. But, um, <laughs> but otherwise like a, a bright blue and red suit, um, a, a non muted blue sky, uh, like <laughs> a brighter movie. <clears throat> and I say all that like jokingly, but I mean, you guys had me on, uh, long long ago right before Zack Snyder's Justice League got announced and yes I talked about I like mo- I like most of Zack Snyder's movies and I like Batman vs Superman a lot and I like Batman of Steel a lot but I really truly feel that this Superman didn't resonate resonate as much pe- with as many people because of the like Zack Snyder's style I don't His think take. it was Henry Cavill's fault at all uh I think he did a good job I think all the casting yeah even Lex I think the casting was was good in his movies. It's just I don't think that Zack's take is um, is fit for that kind of Superman. So I really hope that they're finding listening to pitches from writers and and directors, creators, you know, uh, for something to match that style of a brighter. And I'm not saying that I need some PG hug fest either, but, you know, the uh, optimistic, joyful, as Cavill even said, it's like I, I feel like that is the way to go with him. And, so, and I think there was a little glimmer of that in the 2017 justice league. Lauer as a, as a veteran comic book reader, it's fair to say that you've read Batman long Halloween? by, by writers oh, that yeah. you didn't enjoy, right? Yes. Like yeah. that their take didn't resonate with you. Yeah. But that doesn't shun you away from like, um, from reading their stuff in the future. Like Batman reptilian. We did not like that book. We did not like that. Um, book. That does not mean we don't like Enos's work. Exactly. You know, that just style didn't uh, resonate with us. And and that's really what it is. And uh, but, it, you know, I say that as someone who didn't mind the take, but I understand mm-hmm. why the why the studio would want to go forward. And to me, I see these I see this as a Halloween 2018 situation. Um, you know, we'll see what happens after the flash, but I kind of can see them. Let's just ignore BVS Justice and the Justice League's. And let's make a straight up sequel to Man of Steel. The way Halloween 2018 ignored Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's timelines, the Thorn timeline, and just made a direct sequel to John Carpenter's Halloween. I can I feel like this is a similar situation. And, you know, if you want to just call the movie Superman, again, like I I, I spoke with I was speaking with Aaron Cajanto and Carlos from uh, the Nerd Room about this on Twitter a little bit. You've got Halloween 2018, you've got Scream uh, 5, which is essentially just titled Scream. No one's going to get confused anymore. This is the norm. Just call it Superman. No one's going to think it's, it has anything to do with Richard Donner's movie. Just, It's just, that's what it is. It's a movie about Superman. You can call it Superman. No one's getting the Batman <laughs> confused with Batman 89. It's fine. No one cares about the title of the movie to begin with. Um, you, it's just something that you use to identify. Like, it, it's not really that big of a deal. As long as the movie's good, no one's going to care about the title. I think I chimed into Carlos there and I said, I know Batman's friend, Superman. There you go. They need <laughs> yeah. that Batman title in there, right? Need the Batman's That's name it. in yeah, there. Get it get in the there. Batman Boom. gets people get in the seats. 
<laughs> oh god, that would piss so many people off. <laughs> like that, uh, that, I that would be the Pennyworth, f- the story of Batman's butler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a fantastic show, by the way. But that's a completely. Have different... you been watching it? I've got to watch it it's on HBO Max now. I started watching it again. It's uh, good. I mean, it's it's Sean Pertwee's. I know that's why I was so just like timid that's to step into it. I was it like, it's the Gotham people, and you all know how I feel about that show. Favorite show of all time, more than Stargirl. I, <laughs> but I, hey, I do. I, I don't know why. I liked his interpretation. I like that version of Alfred. It's one of the best things about Gotham. I have, and to then agree. this is the pre- the prequel to that, and it's very much along the lines of the 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 Alfred Alfred who was in MI six or whatever he was. I forget. Mm-hmm. Part of the English Royal Navy or Army, whatever. It's that guy, and you're learning about him and how he Bond, what he did. Alfred yeah. Bond. Yeah, it's, it's very much that <laughs> character. <laughs> how he meet and how he meets Batman's grandfather, not Thomas, but the grandfather. Uh, is all of that. Is it involved. Richard? And it's very, very, very cool. Yeah. Okay. So it's very, very Dick cool. Wayne. Yep, Dick yeah. Wayne. It's very, very cool. It's a very, very cool show. So if you guys, once you guys start watching it, we could talk about it a little more. But if you start watching it, I don't know if you're going to. It's, a, it's on the queue. All right. It's tough, man. You know, I, I got to say, it, it's tough to watch all this stuff. And it, it used to be a breeze back when we just had like the Arrow and Flash. Now yeah. it's really tough to watch all these shows. It's true. It's a very good point. It's a lot of uh, I get overwhelmed. So there. then I go back and just rewatch episodes of South Park. <laughs> and then you got like people like Eric who are into other things. Like Eric's watching that dragon thing, and he's watching oh, him and Steve. Him and Steve do the uh, the Eric stuff show on was it Wednesdays, Thursday, and Thursdays. Yeah. Did and you Andor. did you catch Eric? I, I guess because it was making the rounds. I don't watch Andor, but uh, what are you guy in Batman eighty nine? Did you see that that he was in Andor? Is he really? Yeah. He's he, aged. I didn't. I didn't catch it. Now I'm going to have to go back. And Did watch you recognize it. the face flower? <laughs> no, not at all. You, so someone mentioned it on Twitter, and you had to go. Yeah, to somebody Indian. did a side by side. Yeah, I didn't see. Okay, that. Cool. there you go. Check There's your little Easter egg. It's all connected. There you go. See, you should watch Star Wars, Pete. Dena Geek does no does their weekly reviews of. Oh, sorry, not Dena Geek. CNET does weekly reviews of Andor, and on the bottom they have like all the Easter eggs that you catch in mm-hmm. it. So I did, but I didn't see that. I didn't catch that one, but I'm going to check now. I'm going to go back and check and see if I caught they I, uh, see if I catch it this time. I'm Batman. That's cool. All right. So Lauer mentioned pitches, Superman pitches uh, that were going to be going oh, going to be begin for the second for Man of Steel 2. And they're going to be pitching it to new heads of DCU. The DCU. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this. Yes. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back here. Because we did something that no other podcast did last week. We covered a story that no one touched on. Okay? That's true. Because we actually report the news instead of ignoring it. We covered this Saffron story a week before it was a big deal. We mentioned he turned down the role a week before he accepted it. Yes. And we did. I'm just saying, a lot of you guys are listening to the wrong shows. Just point <laughs> blank in the end. You know, you may not like what we say, but we're saying the truth. It's true. And I think that's important. And people who ignore the truth and who are reporting falsehoods are doing their audience a disservice. So it's up to you guys to not listen to that crap. And a lot of you do. And we put a lot of hard work into this show to report actual facts. Okay? Whoa. Like, this is something I take very seriously. I don't do this. I do this <laughs> with no spare time 
and I try to do it. We do it at a very diligent level. And a lot of people half-ass it. This is a very sensitive topic for me. And we did something that no one talked about, covered, or knew existed. And it came from right from the Hollywood Reporter. It didn't come from some idiot on YouTube. It didn't come from some stupid handle with an egg and 17 numbers after his name. You know who where this came from, and you know who gave it to you first. So take that to the bank. This isn't bullshit. If you're going to play reporter, do it the right way. And we do it the right way. And this isn't a joke. This is serious. We take this stuff seriously. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't... I totally agree with Pete. When... When we, when I look, when Pete usually sends me the topic. So when I look at a rundown and I pick out the stories, I, I don't pick them the ones that I like and say, okay, I'm going to do these because I prefer to talk about this stuff. No, I look at it and say, all right, these are the important stories in the space because that's what journalism is. That's what news is. It doesn't matter what you like or what I'd love to talk about all the happy stuff all the time, but that's not how things work. That's why we talk about the Ezra Miller situation. You know, we put that out there. I I like his interpretation of the Flash. I'd like to see him continue on after this film, but I'm I'm honestly no, that's probably not going to happen. So when we see that, when I see things, and Pete sends me stories, and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, this is super important. We have to talk about this, and we did. We were the first. We were the only that I know people that even mentioned that Saffron was involved at this point. So yeah, when when I when we do this and then I read other things or Pete sent Pete, a lot of times will send me the things that other people are saying. It does kind of get you mad. Cause I'm like, why are we, we're kind of fighting. Why do you listen the, to them? Yeah. And we're There's fighting a circle against, jerking on Twitter. Cut it out. Yeah. yeah we're fighting. We're basically fighting against this machine that just wants to live in this echo chamber of happiness and their, whatever they want to sell people. That's not news guys. That's not what you should be in this for. And if you are, I mean, whatever, but Pete and I, we say all the time, we keep it 100 all the time. Our takes are always genuine. The news stories we pull are always genuine. We try not to get stories from bad sources or things that are just put out there for clickbait. You know, we always try and bring it to you guys like that. So, yeah, it does get get you a little bit upset uh, when you're trying to do it the right way and it doesn't always turn out in your favor. So, uh, Pete, I had to get that off my chest because there's a lot of bad podcasts out there. I agree. And there's a lot of bad podcast hosts who don't pay attention to actually what's really happening. And I it agree. frustrates me. So Lauer, sorry you had to No, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to call any specific podcasts out, but definitely don't listen to the Batman Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> well well That guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, so but as Pete meant now, it, it was kind of weird that we did this story. It was literally like I posted it and the next day I posted the podcast and the next day is when the news came out that Gunn and Safra got uh, are now heads of DC. Uh, you think DCU one of them heard DC. you guys and they're like, they're onto us. We need to get we need to get to it. If so, like, that's cool. So. But hey, James, can you just like tweet that out? Tweet out straight out of Gotham <laughs> or something? You know, just like mad respect, guys. Or the champ, Ecoli. You know that'd be great if he if he tweeted out Ecoli. Oh man, then you know yeah. you made it. Anyways, yeah. So the long job that nobody wanted is now filled, guys, by two people, uh, and it's two fantastic people. I don't care if you like James Gunn's movies or his style of film. Um, he does know these characters. He's a comic book guy. He cares about this character. These characters. And he, it's in a good place. He's the creative guy on one side, and Saffron, of course, then is the business guy who has done, who has produced films like Shazam, 
um, Black Adam that we just saw. He's a producer on Black Adam. Suicide uh, Squad. So he's worked with Gunn. Right, the Suicide Squad. So he's these Aquaman. two guys. Your your um, area there, Eric. Yes, yes, yes. The, the entire very, Conjuring universe. So he yep. already has a connected universe for you. Yes. So I mean, these, this is a fantastic mm-hmm. pairing, and, and he's got I, a great first name. Yeah, <laughs> could yes, be a little more Italian well. in the back half, but we'll take Peter. <laughs> so yeah, so they're extremely and they're extremely passionate about making this studio the best studio it can be. Um, it was also weird too, though, that the day before. Uh, Gun released the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special was a day before <laughs> as well. Oh, that's his goodbye. <laughs> right? Like, that was kind of cool how they oh, did that. But... It was the same day. Oh, well, yeah. I think yeah, it was the it morning. Yeah, it was like the late, yes, late was. morning was the holiday special. And then, I yeah, guess that's why they did it so after. early. Yeah, I mean, and he's, uh, it's going to be weird too that he'll be head of DC Films while Guardians 3 comes out. He'll be doing the press tour for oh, that. Man. <laughs> that's that's gonna be brutal for him trying to talk about marvel and they'll be like so with dc are you gonna green light the i don't I know. know uh what do you want to deep pull crazy quilt movie is egghead yeah. finally gonna get his due on hbo max you know well, i'm yeah, talking about guardians <laughs> a lot of people i've seen and be like what well, a director like i don't know if this is the right to me this just seems like a man who is progressing in his career um this is a four-year deal for the both of them uh, reportedly, the salary will be between six and eight million for each, um, yes, which is please. a great pay- great paycheck. So I can't see why anyone would turn this deal down. Um, and it almost uh, to me, Eric, just to get a little political here, not to be Rick Shue, but it almost seems kind of like a Dick Cheney situation. If you read a few of the articles, Zaslov was kind of talking to them, saying, "Hey, who do you think we should do this?" They they were kind of doing some referencing, and it almost seems like a, a Dick yeah. Cheney thing, where you know. While they're trying to figure out who's going to be, while Dick was trying to figure out who'd be the vice president, eventually became Dick Cheney. Yeah. Um, so it seems a little bit like that situation. Um, but I cannot argue with the success that these these two gentlemen have had. I mean, James Gunn, I've I've been a fan of since. Uh, I mean, he he wrote the uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I was a big fan of Slither. Uh, he produced and I believe wrote part of the Belko Experiment, which I thought was a fabulous movie. I haven't seen that. That fits in his like horror realm he does really good comic book stuff. You see, he can do more adult themed comic book stuff with the suicide squad and peacemaker. And, you know, I don't know how as a, as a creative person, you can't be excited for that. I mean, the man clearly knows how to work in different genres. Uh, he clearly can be, he can work in an environment where he has to be tame. He can work in an environment where he's unleashed. And we've mentioned Saffron's resume. Um, for those of you who have been begging for a DC connected universe, this seems to me the man to really uh, spearhead this. And, you know, it's while the rumor going around was Zaslav wanted a Feige. Now he's got a two headed monster. So I don't see a problem with this. These two men can work together and it'll be interesting to see because, you know, uh, when Saffron was promoting uh, the suicide squad, he was stressing reboot. So we'll see what they're going to do. Uh, we know that Joker and the Batman are out of the shared universe that was stated um, so they are separate and as well as, uh, their respective spinoffs and penguin and such. So, you know, it seems that we will have, uh, we're still going forward with connected and unconnected films, uh, depending on what the creative, uh, vision is behind that particular character's movie. And it's to me, I've, I've said this from day one, DC is more like walking to a comic shop because I can read regular incontinuity Batman messing around with the justice league, or I can read, a 
a black label book uh, by Lee Bermejo. And, uh, you know, like I can just go there and enjoy that. And it, it seems to be the best of both worlds. Um, this plan seems to be a little bit more traditional than the previous plan. Um, you know, where it seemed to kind of be more centered around old man Keaton and a Supergirl. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still excited. Uh, it's, you know, you, you got the right two guys for the job, in my opinion. And, you know, according to a few trade reports, give them a year before they really start getting into it. That'll, it'll take them about a year to get their slate together and their set of films. Cause there's a bunch of movies coming out that they had no part of. Uh, that was the previous regime's uh, slate of films. So we'll see what they have in store for us. And uh, you know, I, I wish them nothing but the best of luck because their success means our happiness. Yeah. That also fits with the timeline for the MCU stuff for gun to end. Right. So it kind of fits with the timeline a year from now where we can get all to get all of that. He can put all of that behind him and focus solely on DC. They did release a statement, which I will read. So we're honored to be the stewards of these DC characters. We love since we were children. We look forward to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors, and actors in the world to create an integrated multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artists involved. Our commitment to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, and the rest of the DC stable of characters is only equaled by our commitment to the wonder of human possibility these characters represent. We're excited to to invigorate the theatrical experience around the world as we tell some of the biggest, most beautiful, and grandest stories ever told. So to that, I want to specifically bring up the characters they mentioned. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Harley Quinn. Now, what do you think of those, those specific characters mentioned, Lauer? A lot of them are obvious, but the Harley Quinn one, you kind of see how her star has risen, right? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can attribute any kind of box office, you know, solely to Harley Quinn. The the Trinity are on different layers of, you know, recognition. Um, and then Aquaman had his. I'm sorry, Aquaman, Eric, you had your own block <laughs> blockbuster movie. Uh, the billion, the dollars, billion dollar mark. Saying. Yeah. Um, and if you guys could see what I'm seeing of this mansion that Eric is Eric is recording from. Uh, it's, it's Leia's impressive. house is bigger than most people's condos. <laughs> definitely, definitely is. And yeah, I just think Harley Quinn though is in pop culture though she has become a, a pretty a very recognizable figure uh, character. Right. So, and I think Gun Gun loves that character. Was on her show. Um, mm-hmm. I really like what he did with her in the Suicide Squad. Uh, it it is interesting that that's one that they would throw in the mix there. But maybe that just means of while we all thought that maybe Margot Robbie's days were limited or numbered in that, you know, with that character, that maybe not so much. Maybe they recast um, yeah. and have somebody, you know, somebody else takes a shot at the role now, too, which I mean, which we know Lady Gaga is going to. But I mean, as far right. as like in this continuation in this universe and stuff. So uh, interesting, but not completely out of left field. The, the, to me, the shocking thing is that they mentioned Aquaman before Harley Quinn. I've said <laughs> it before. Harley Quinn is now on the Mount Rushmore of DC characters. She's right there after Wonder Woman. Um, it's no surprise to me. Uh, we've gotten essentially a Harley Quinn trilogy. Um, she's got her own animated show. She's got two comic books being published right now. Uh, there's Everyone loves Harley. She has taken the world by storm since B-Taz. Um, and she's, sure. we're going to have two cinematic Harley Quinns. You've got Robbie and you have Lady Gaga, uh, you know, essentially working together. I, I, 
working at the same time. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Margot Robbie. Mm-mm. But, I you know, I mean, I I even said it to Eric Davis. I think Harley Quinn's a bigger deal than Aquaman. And if it's not for the pandemic, I think, you know, the box office would have showed that because Suicide Squad was affected by the pandemic, clearly. Um, I, she She's absolutely a huge character. She is. There's, there's, there's no denying it. Since her first appearance, she has exploded on the scene. So um, I know Aquaman made a billion dollars, but I still think that Harley Quinn outranks him these days. It, the Mount Rushmore of DC is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn. There is no doubt about that. You know, and I've mentioned yeah. that numerous times. Yeah, um, her escape scene in the Suicide Squad is one of my favorite scenes of a superhero film ever. She's even a standout of the first film. Yeah, she is. But that scene is just yeah. fantastic. Like that was so well done. Um, so yeah, she definitely has. It's crazy that she is so popular now. Um, and it's crazy that you see little girls being her for Halloween when you know what the character is in your head. You're kind of like, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't kind of work. But yeah, man, she's her star has grown so much. So it's that was a very interesting part of that statement. I That's the part that stood out to me the most when I heard it or when I read it. I was like, wow, they're mentioning her as, you know, being one of the top line. But Pete, you're right. She probably is now on the Mount Rushmore. I can't think of. You know, I used to, I probably used to want to push back and say maybe the flash, but I don't know. No, I don't think it's even close. I really yeah, don't. I think you're right. Um, David Zaslav also released a statement. Uh, so I'll read that as well. He said, DC has among the most entertaining, powerful and iconic characters in the world. And I'm thrilled to have the singular and complimentary talents of James and Peter joining our world-class team and overseeing the creative direction of the story DC universe. Their decades of experience in filmmaking, close ties to the creative community and proven track record, thrilling superhero fans around the globe, make them uniquely qualified to develop a long-term strategy across film, TV, and animation and take this iconic franchise to the next level of creative storytelling. So in very small print, not many people saw, he said, we're also going to be shelving another movie to be continued. So (laughs) I'm waiting for that one because I think as we all have gotten familiar, there's, you know, there are no waves to ride like DC news. You know, (laughs) like this is a big one. This is fun, but something is going to wipe us out. Next week, the week after, you know, this isn't the, uh, this isn't the dawn. <laughs> the, the dawn's right, not, all, not here. <laughs> waves eventually crest, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you have like the highs and lows and yeah. they've been doing that to us for a while, for the last few months. Like since this transition to discovery has like, come off. Thankfully, yeah. I feel like we're close to being like, we're good, but I feel like there's <laughs> going to be one more that's going to really knock us <laughs> in some fashion. Well, we know, at least we know right now, it won't be like Blue Beetle or something like that. Those films, I think, are pretty much solidly coming out. Uh, But we have heard things. There's been news that maybe The Flash now gets pushed back again to 2024. I have heard that being kicked around because of the budgetary reasons of promoting it. I would hate that because that's like the movie everyone's kind of waiting to see for the longest time now. Everyone's got like, oh, we want to see The Flash and we want to see Keaton back. As long as you haven't been recast in Aquaman 2, I'll I'll survive. I'll be fine. I have not. The shoot was very, very difficult. But uh, but I'm I'm okay. And Crazy tide. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but guys, if you want to read more into the the gun saffron, uh, what's going on at DC now? The DCU, the official name of DC is the DCU. Aren't you glad uh, we got an official title now? You know, I was hoping they would have just gone with DC Films, but 
the fact that it is a universe, it makes sense. So, well, it, DC, it is DC, isn't it? DC, I mean, it's DC Studios. Studios, and it's the DCU. But it's just yeah. it's nice to have an official title. I guess we can actually say there was an era of the DCEU, and this isn't the now the new era. Yes, so it's been fun. But guys, yeah, check out all the articles. As you know, as always, you we link them to our our social media handle and our on the Facebook group. You can check them out. Find all the articles there. Uh, so something we know that is coming in DC will not get shelved, Lauer. This we know. As you mentioned already, they've cast Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn. I'm talking about the Joker sequel, which will begin filming in LA next month. So November, I'm assuming. Um, so yeah, it's going to start in November. End of November, start of December. Uh, scenes of shot on location in New York, LA, sound stages. So... There we go. I, I think this is great news. First of all, because sound stages mean no set leaks. And you all know I hate set leaks, Kowalski. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited for that. There were some set. I mean, they did a lot of on location shooting for the first film. Um, I'm real. I, I, I am really excited for this movie. This movie gets me so hyped because of it, just how different it's going to be. And I, I'm glad things are going to get rolling with this. Um, we've mentioned Lady Gaga's Harley. The fact that it's a musical, it's, that's I think that's brave and bold. And again, like Todd Phillips, uh, who has close ties with Peter Safran, that's good for Todd. That's good for, you know, as long as Joker 2 is good. And it's, you know, if it makes some money, I guarantee we're going to see a Joker 3. Um, so I, I hope this movie continues uh, rolling along uh, just the positive vibes from the first film, which is funny because it's such a negative film, to be brutally honest with you. Um, say that, yeah. but I'm really excited. I hope it's a little bit, I hope it's different because I don't know if I can go through another dark turn like that. But, um, you know, the first one's so unique. I'm very excited for this because it seems even more unique than the last. Yeah, Laura, we've talked, Pete and I have talked about our expectations for this. What about you? What are your expectations for the Joker sequel? I'm not a musical fan. Right like out the gate, I'm not. I'm just not a musical fan. It's just not my Isn't style. Isn't Hocus Pocus a musical? No, and oh. true fans of Hocus Pocus, Peter would know that. I'm not. That's, I'm not. I've never actually seen it. I so know. Go. Uh, whenever you come and visit me, we're gonna sit down and watch Hocus Pocus together. So prepare yourself. And uh, please hope. Please, Mara, yeah. save me. Yeah. <laughs> no, she'll be there too. She loves it as much as I do. But. This is punishment. Um, I'm not a musical <laughs> fan, but I mean, Lady Gaga being included definitely was like awesome. The first movie I thought was great. So I would be in on a sequel no matter what kind of genre, you know, so it's just OK, that's it's intriguing. And I will be there opening weekend when it does release. I hope with them shooting so soon that that means that they do something in the style, how they did the camera test for Joaquin for the first mm-hmm. time. They do something mm-hmm. like that with uh, yes. Gaga. Because one that that beats the fools trying to do the set leaks, um, yep. spy picks, uh, and it also like that was such a fun just small appetizer of the the vibe that they were going yep. for. I can't tell you how many times I watched that because it was so short anyway. But it was just really cool and moody, you know, and everything. And I'm like, man, I hope they do come up with something cool and creative for Gaga because we'd all be, I mean, we're two years away, but we, I mean, we'd you all be go like, Google oh, for Gaga, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good guy. How long? How long have you waited to say that, Pete? How long have you had that one? He was waiting for me to shut up, and I never do. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's it's interesting in the article that you guys shared with me that you know it was the cinematographer Lawrence Shear or Shear. Yeah, Lawrence Shear. Okay, yeah, but she did the first one. He's done other. uh, He's done good work, but just did Black Adam. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, 
it's all connected. He like or the, the article mentioned a little bit more. I'd never seen this before anywhere else that we know that it says that, you know, Arthur is in Arkham Asylum, which it was Arkham Hospital in the first one. Uh, he's in Arkham Asylum because he caused the riots. And I'm like, ah, see, that's a little bit of my hesitancy of the brilliance of the first one is that it doesn't tell you what to think. And a sequel will influence you on which way to lean with the first one. And if that's really how it is, it's almost like, okay, so you've just decided for me that it is a, that stuff really did happen. You know what I mean? Who knows? Didn't read the script. It's just that line in the article was interesting. It's like, okay, so that's, that's picking a lane. Yeah. I mean, they def- lane. yeah, they definitely do <laughs> give Halloween. you in- insight. Yeah. <laughs> they could definitely do give you that insight. So you do have a little bit more of an idea of where this movie is going to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are there any musicals that you do like, Lauer? Or do you South hate Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. What about Good Sweeney one? Todd? Uh, Sweeney Todd's okay. I don't. I don't really revisit that. I think I watched it twice when really? it came out, and I haven't seen it okay. since. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Okay. Uh, love Wizard of Oz, and I, I'm sure. I mean, there's some Disney, you know, animated movies right, most that have Disney a lot of singing movie. that I do like. So Frozen's yeah. a musical. I really like Frozen. Um, right. Yeah. So it's not I, like I'm completely against. Just I usually don't seek out. So you know, like. Um, did you see the year? one with Hugh Jackman, Greatest Showman? Do much Greatest yeah. Showman. Le- no, those are like more. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Chicago or Moulin Rouge because I'm like, nope, not my thing. The stage, um, the ones that could be plays. Uh-huh. Lauer's like, yeah. Did Eddie Murphy do one with like Beyonce? <laughs> yes, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. I didn't watch that one. So like, there, there's, it, it's not something I seek out, but if it's something that sparks my interest. Like after I saw Sweeney Todd, I kind of gave them a little bit more of a chance, you know. I remember I did like, like Sweeney thing. Todd. I just, I yeah, just never, never go back to it. That one always pops in my head first when I think of musicals of Sweeney Todd. I think of Andy Bernard on The Office when he sings it. He's like the Demon Barbara Fleet Street. I don't know if you yeah, ever saw that a, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's on HBO Max this month, Sweeney Todd. So okay. if you want to watch it, you can. It's, got, it's, I, I want to get it in on my scarathon. To be honest with you, I've yeah, had the DVD sitting three and a half feet away from my TV for <laughs> 10 years. And yet it's like, Oh, it's finally on HBO max. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it now. <laughs> watch it now because in a year, I don't think HBO max is going to exist. It's true. It will. It'll, it'll just be, be something else. It'll be HBO discovery or HBO. It'll be something I'll like just that. Call it, it won't be Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Sorry. That's it a dragon well. term. Pete. I know that's, not yeah, a that's a house of the dragon. That's a game of Thrones. Thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, didn't, didn't mean to confuse you. I'm not confused. Just didn't. I was like, moving on. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, HBO Max is here, and we are getting an Arkham Asylum show, which Booyah. we know. And we now have a showrunner, uh, Antonio Campos, who is um, the, did the Staircase originally, created the Staircase. Staircase. I can't talk. Ichabod? He will. Yes, he is going to be the showrunner of the Arkham Asylum show. Now, the interesting thing about the article, this article in Variety, I had assumed that the other show that they were doing, the Gotham PD series, was kind of going to, this was going to become that, but that's not the case. They There's are been both- kind of conflicting reports that they morphed into yeah. one show at one point. But no, they're both being mm-hmm. still in development. Cool. The other one's still in development. So, so we'll see what happens with this. Um, I was really excited when they mentioned Terrence Winter. Um, he was ex- right. attached to one show. Um, you know, it seems like they're trying to get this off the ground. I don't know if it will. This seems like just, uh, you know, one of those projects that Warner Brothers announces. And uh, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll see what happens. Um, 
Right now, my main concern is the Penguin Show. That's the one spinoff from the Batman that uh, is, seems to be <laughs> we moving know. forward. Surprise. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that one's definitely coming. Uh, while it's nice to hear, I mean, some people like, what was it? What was that show he just did, this guy, The Stair? The Staircase. Everyone seems to love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I know Javi and Bill were very high on it. I personally haven't seen it because it doesn't involve a uh, comic book character, <laughs> as you all know. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, uh, I, I'm, you know, I got more than enough TV to watch. <laughs> you know, it, so. it's kind of being said that it's a, you know, it's a haunted house series okay. in Arkham. Sign right. me up. Sign me up. Yeah. Holy yeah, hell, it that sounds, sounds cool. awesome. So yeah, if yeah. they can do that, that'd be fantastic. But yeah, if it doesn't the, get made, I'm not losing sleep. Over exactly. It, to be honest with you. The possibilities with doing a show mm-hmm. in Arkham are just. Mm-hmm. It could be great. Crazy. Like it. Yeah, it could be fantastic. And Batman's uh, like CD list villains kind of fit that mold. You know, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to get a theatrical release. No. And, you know, but like at the same time, we have heard the name Professor Pig thrown out. So, yeah, to yeah. me, he seems more like a character built for the small screen than the big screen. Yeah. Um. But, you know, like the fact that that name was thrown out there in general is just impressive. Like you're looking at the catalog, you're seeing what you can do. There's other characters out there, you know, uh, you know this way they're not retreading the same thing over and over again. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, well, if it's a universe like they're building around the Batman, then all of those characters are possibilities mm-hmm. to be on a show and show up in a film. You can't keep it you know, restricted to just the one area. Yeah. If, you know, so it, it's, it, it might be cool to introduce them in this show and then have them or vice versa, introduce them in the movie. Who, like maybe they, they get Penguin. introduced in Penguin and then yeah. they, you know, yeah. essentially spin off into this Arkham show, you know? I want to see a showdown yeah. Penguin versus Egghead. <laughs> you love this Egghead. Guy. I love Egghead. Yeah. How many episodes it, in 66 was he actually in? Three. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of mark that Vincent Price leaves though. The great Vincent Price. Yeah. Did you buy the, the action Vincent figure Price. yet? You know, it's I haven't found it. I'm looking. Yeah. Steve Helms probably got yeah. like 17 versions of it. That's funny how Steve gets them before you, and then you get them before everybody else. Yeah. If you, Steve's the when master. You talk to him. Yeah. When you talk to him, he'll tell you he lives in this town called Lufkin, which is really small, and they only have Those like small part Texas. Steve Helms talking about this. <laughs> yeah. And he'll tell you that they only have like these certain stores in the area, so he's probably the only one who buys these characters and these figures. That- <laughs> Which is funny because no I just got the no 66 Bat Cycle and you know where it's shipped from? Texas. Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey! <laughs> so I'm like, no wonder where La- why Lauer gets all these first. They ship from Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So keeping so along with... Com, yeah. Boys. <laughs> so keeping up with the HBO Max theme that we're in right now, let's go to another show that we've was in development and now they're switching gears. So Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern was first being developed by Seth writer Seth Graham Smith and was going to focus on Guy Gardner and Alan Scott's character on Green Lanterns. That is no longer the case. They are switching gears now and they're going to be doing a show around John Stewart's character, um, John Stewart's Green Lantern character. So there we have that. So what do you got? First, Laura, I'll go to you. What do you think about the shift and does it matter to you? Um, I think this show for many of us is very like, yeah, we'll see. I think, <laughs> uh, and that's not to be negative. It's just, it's long been de- in right, development Lord. now and shifts and stuff like that. Uh, Hal Jordan's my favorite Green Lantern, but I, mean, I think mine and Pete's generation, as well as the generation behind us, John Stewart's their Green Lantern. Uh, you know, and I love John Stewart as well. So I'm, I'm definitely like, awesome. Great. Um, 
I hope it comes to fruition. Uh, who knows, though, because I think also in the article from Hollywood Reporter talking about it, they were talking about the budget and stuff for it. And right. man, Zaslav's not a guy that wants to give a lot of money to some TV programs right now. So that makes it a little more like, OK, we'll see. But the whole idea itself of, yeah, Jon Stewart being the front and center still leaves it open that you can have Pal as a supporting character sure. and Guy as a supporting character. Because I want to see that bowl cut um, in live action for sure. But um the main headline of John Stewart. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I actually think this is a good move. Uh, teaming Alan Scott with Guy Gardner seems very out of character. Alan Scott is not a member of the Green Lantern Corps. He is his own Green Lantern. Um, he's a different type of Green Lantern. So pairing them together always seemed a bit odd for me. I did find it interesting that this is also going to get the, uh, the Batgirl treatment. The, the eight episodes written by Seth Graham Smith are going to get t- the tax write-off treatment, and so we'll never see anything from those eight episodes. I found that very interesting. So that is part of yeah. that whole budget cut thing. Mm-hmm. Um, centering around Jon Stewart makes sense. Um, like Lauer said, he is the, the Green Lantern of our generation. My favorite Green Lantern is Kyle Rayner. Um, but like as I said earlier, like the Green Lantern Corps is essentially space police. So if Jon Stewart's there, I'm assuming everyone else is as well. Um, and you know, for those of you like uh, daddy Batman who have been urging for anything green lantern, I suggest you start watching star girl. Jade has a huge part in that as well as the JSA. And, uh, she has had a huge focus the last two episodes featuring in, uh, titled, I believe infinity Inc. Um, there's been some ring slinging there as well as, uh, her brother Todd obsidian. So they're leaning heavily into the Alan Scott green lantern stuff there. Check that out. Um, this seems like a better idea than uh, the yeah. previous version. I agree. And, uh, you know, when you talk about these things and you talk about, you know, they had one plan and now they're doing another, this seems to be a more of a traditional plan. And, you know, I supported the old plan cause it was better than nothing. And that's what I was getting at the time. But this seems to be a plan. I like a lot more. What's the plan. Uh, we'll see if this, ha- <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> um, we will see where this goes. Uh, I'm waiting to see on all these projects, uh, you know, as I am with any project. But like I literally said the last segment, I've got so many shows to watch, including Batman's Butler Pennyworth, that I've got more than enough to hold me over. And there's previous shows that I want to give rewatches to. Like, I'm not complaining. I don't want to sound like Veruca here. I don't need something new and shiny. I got a lot of stuff to watch. So I can't really <laughs> complain. Like, DC has not been giving me bare bones over the past couple of years as a lot of people make it out to be. There's a lot of content out there to watch. If you're just not happy with their make what what they're making then I'm sorry for that, but they, it's not like you're you're getting scraps here. It's so my computer right here has like six Peter buttons. Which one to push and I just know what's the plan is one of them. It's <laughs> right there. Pete which what you got what's so, the plan? So just for what as Pete was Pete was talking about the budget, like the it's going to be a write off, um, a write down. Sorry that this is called a write down in, in this in this industry, but the estimated budget for this show was one hundred in the one hundred twenty million range. And just by comparison, House of the Dragon, which we just watched season one of, which was fantastic, cost less than two hundred million. So, I mean, you kind of you kind of see just the amount of money this show would have taken to make. Uh, because probably it's definitely heavy CGI related stuff. I Don't mean, you think that House be. of the Dragon is a little bit more of a safe bet than Green Lantern is? Oh, to yeah. make money, yes. Yeah, like yes. you could see why they want to spend that type of cash on that show. Yes. Like, 
does ever, I, I don't know if anyone still thinks of Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern when they're talking about Green Lanterns. I, <laughs> I can't imagine that movie still having this huge impact on whatever they do for it because it's Twitter's been so not long. real. So yes, I, I know. That. Twitter, like, I don't think anyone. No, I don't think anyone remembers that movie. So I, I think starting a Green Lantern, well, it can. Oh. I understand the risk involved. Mm-hmm. I just hope they're not constantly being like, well, you know, Lan- Reynolds Green Lantern. Like it's been so long since then. You guys gotta. At some point, you're gonna have to move on with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just be happy that you didn't hear it got ca- completely canceled. Like that's what I would be like. All right, it's still something you know in development. It, just yeah. like Arkham. Right. Like it's not canceled. They're still planning on doing it. They just, again, we said this from the beginning, clearly what, what was going on under AT&T was costing, cost them so much money. They're in a recovery period where they're trying to get that back. That's what businesses do. So this is just another sign of that. I know it sucks. I know we all want these things to come and happen. We've been told they're coming. Yes. We're all fans. We want to, we like these characters. We want to see you see them. These rumored things happen on screen. That's not how business works. No. So just kind of hang on, guys. Wait, it is coming. It's changing a little bit. But if you like, like these two guys were saying, just because it's Jon Stewart doesn't mean the other guys won't show up. So you don't know what's going to go on go, going forward with this, but it's still coming. Just hold your breath a little bit longer. I, I said any- this on Twitter. I was like, you know what? Just take the training day script, tweak it a little bit for Hal and Sinestro, get a couple aliens from Star Wars and just make a movie already. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's it's already there for you, to be brutally honest. Oh, no. If they, are they going to if Denzel's old, a little bit too old now to play John Stewart. But well, no, well, no, I mean, you could if you, if you do it, you I mean, De- essentially Denzel's character is like the Sinestro. And right. then Ethan Hawke should be Hal Jordan. Just get Jay Farrow to do a Denzel impression in the Green Lantern. <laughs> there you go. That'd be that's the solution. Denzel, he make a hell of an animated John Stewart. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you know? John David Washington. He's play. a great actor. I, I remember when Tyrese was went to Warner Brothers to talk about it back in the day. Oh God, I'm glad that didn't happen. Well, you love the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah, but I but he fits in that cast because it's just a crazy too group fast, of people. too furious. Right. Him carrying At something, I have, I'd have problems with. I'd have problems with. He was great, in baby boy, baby boy. Yeah, but <laughs> but again, the cast around him was better. Like you give had, me. oh, he Rames. got choked out by Ving Rhames. I was just like, give yeah, me like Ving Rhames, ha- uh, James. Right? Ving Rhames' Kilowog would be Terrell. dope. Oh yeah, he That'd would be. be. Great. Yeah, yeah. Mike, um, or, or Michael Clark oh, man, Duncan, Keith David. Right. He just recently popped up on Stargirl as Bones, which blew my mind. I couldn't Sweet. believe that they did that on the CW. Again, nobody watches Stargirl apparently, so you guys wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> So let's let's do another bit of DC news. One last thing, because this is going to make Pete very happy. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> I already know where this is going, baby. I don't. I don't know. So we thought we had seen the end of J- Javisha Leslie's oh. Batwoman, but we oh, have not. Goodness. My goodness. She will be in season nine, the final season of The Flash. Somebody fan Pete right now. He's overheating. <laughs> I'm we will blushing. see her back. She was coming back. We do not again, like we say all the time, we don't know how many episodes. We don't know what you know what her role is going to be a larger role, but she's coming back, guys, for season nine of The Flash. So if you guys are fans of her character, you were fans of Batwoman, you'll get another sh- chance to see her. So Pete, I'm gonna let you run with this one because this is all you, baby. Go ahead. This is all you. <laughs> Suck it, haters. The Queen of Gotham is back. 
I am really pumped for this. I love season three of Batwoman. None of you losers gave it a shot and you did yourself a disservice, but it's not going to stop her. She's back and she's going to kick ass and I can't wait to see her on the screen next to the flash. I'm so pumped for this. We're going out in style. Yeah, man, I'm actually going to watch season nine. I've, I was thinking about it, reading this article and I said, you know what? I liked the show in the beginning. Uh, it did. It jumped the shark for me a little early, but I watched the season with mirror master. It's really good. They did a gender swap, but it's still really good. I, so I am going to watch season nine, uh, and I'm hoping it's good. Maybe I'll catch up. Pete, if you have like a list of key episodes, you want to throw at me from the other seasons to kind of catch up. I'll do that. I could do that. I could do that. Uh, There's one half of one season. That's not really that good, but it picks up really strong in the second half. So, but Laura, you want to get on this train with us? You want to watch season nine of The Flash? Oh, hey, wording, wording, Eric, come on! <laughs> My goodness, you um, want to get on the E train like Sally? <laughs> Whoa, hey now! Hey, You're an all star. Yeah. Game on, go play. Uh, I'm very happy for Peter. <laughs> I haven't watched The Flash in years. I did watch neither. Tavisha Leslie's first episode on Batwoman because Peter that's season two. That's horrible. Peter talked me into it, but here's the thing. I only watched one episode of the first season and I already said, this is a massive improvement, <laughs> uh, but never went back. I to agree. It. So I just don't have much to say other than Pete is very, very excited. And I'm very happy for Peter Vera, Peter. I, I mean, I just, Oh God. Batwoman. I am so happy with what they did in season three. And I'm bummed out that they didn't continue because they left it on a cool cliffhanger for those of you, for all of you that didn't watch. And uh, I'm just happy she's getting, again, like we all love comic book redemption. We love it when these characters come back and actors and actresses come back and get another shot. So I'm all for it. And yeah. uh, I, I'm excited to see you know what has happened in the time that has passed. I, I, I'm curious as what they're doing with the character. Everything seems to remain in secrecy and that's fine. Cause I like to be spoiler free. That's the way to be. And, you know, just let, let, bring it on. I, I hope the flash goes out in a bang because let's be honest, who would have thought we would have got nine seasons out of the show beyond you know fair it's it's the longest running cw show to date it's surpassed arrow um you know we've seen shows come and go supergirl ended at six uh black lightning which i think you all should watch because i really loved it i watched especially eric i think you really get into the i did watch it i liked it it only lasted four seasons um uh, uh the one they did on the uh, what was the little girl's name they just did one it only lasted one season Naomi. naomi you know so the the CW is coming to an end. It seems to be migrating over to HBO Max or whatever that platform will be in the future, and that's probably where Superman and Lois and uh, and um, Star Girl will head. But you know, nine seasons is nothing to laugh at. That's a, that's a very successful run. Yeah, a lot of people for a lot of people this is their Flash, and that's not to say it's perfect. Um, it it has its moments where I don't enjoy it. The whole super team aspect is not my favorite aspect, and certain characters like Cisco have come and gone and, you know, like any other TV show, but again, nine seasons, that's a, it's an amazing triumph really is. So, uh, I hope the the finale is everything I want it to be and more. Yeah. I mean, again, I, uh, arrows, the only CW show I've watched from beginning to end. Uh, so you could take that for what it's worth, but the flash for, I want to say the first four seasons, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, it was one of my favorite shows. I, it was appointment viewing. I'd watch it every week. Uh, now I just kind of went, once it jumped the shark, even legends had a good run. That's kind of like, but I do for what the CW has done for the brand, I think in a larger scale is fantastic. I mean, it gave a character like green arrow 
of a whole new fan base. Right? I agree. Yeah. So I you have like totally these. Agree. Yeah. So you have these, what it's done for the DC brand. And for a while there, it was the best thing DC was pumping out. Uh, at least in a visual medium. Then yeah, like it's, it's been great. So the fact that this show has been on, is going to be on for nine seasons and people still love it. I mean, it's great. So I'm happy, Pete, that you're getting, because you love both shows and you're getting Batwoman back. I'm happy that this is, <laughs> this is happening for you. And uh, we'll get to see, you'll get to see Batwoman again on screen. Yeah, this is cool. This is really cool. And, you know, also like you got to give credit to CW because it did for a while. It was, it was, you know, it was scratching that Superman itch. We didn't have a whole lot of Superman content and to get him on a weekly basis. I know that CW takes some weird breaks at times. But it was it's nice to get that you know Superman's found a home in a small screen. That's for sure. And it seems to be uh, a place where he's always thrived. So, Lauer yeah. could talk about sweeps if he wants, but that's why <laughs> they do that stuff. He's a big sweep guy. <laughs> he's a big Astro fan. Well, sweeps. he's in he's in the TV world, so he he could speak to the importance of sweeps if he wants to. <laughs> it's it's a little old now. <laughs> Like <laughs> losing to the streaming age that now sweeps the, yeah. I don't know, it's a little bit of a bygone era, but there's still importance to it. Yeah. So, all right. So one thing that's important for all of us, or was this year actually was the release of the Batman. Yeah. Uh, the cool, the coolest thing about it was I finally get to meet, I finally got to meet Lauer in person. So that, that is the coolest awesome. thing that you've ever gotten to do in your life. You finally met what? me. It's up there. And man. I said, you're skinny. <laughs> Yeah, and I've put on a little bit of that weight back since then. Haven't we all? The coolest thing for me was I got to actually watch Lauer drink Mountain Dew in person. It was a sight, wasn't it? It was. And electric lemonade. I was going to see, I was going to say also, and everybody else slamming back beers and hard drinks, and I go up with my fruity frou frou demand. (laughs) His electric electric lemonade. lemonade. I want more. Like, 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 what is that? He's like, it's like blue Gatorade with vodka. I was like, <laughs> sounds like jungle juice. Shout out to Austin. Yes. Thanks, Austin, for that. But then what yeah, happened? That was awesome. Everybody saw the guy at the Batman Book Club drinking it, so they all ordered one too. So they made a lot of money that night. You're welcome. And they would have made more if they stayed open, but exactly. those stupid rules yeah. made them close. But anyways, yeah. What, what the hell? Texas people in Texas they don't drink like they do on the East Coast. They just pound yeah. their Miller Lights, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a bourbon drinker now in life. So whoa, whoa, classic! If they, if, if they had a version of the electric lemonade with bourbon, I might have tried that down. Or you could just done shots like I was doing. Yeah, that's true. I could have just done. I was that. Like, give me some brown liquor, please. Did I, I got to make up for Lauer. I think I sent you guys. It was like last month or the month before that. Mira and I went out to eat somewhere, and we looked at the drink list, and they had electric lemonade as an option. You did, and I about shit myself. And I was like, I want one now, and it was ah. Uh, took me back did it bring back Great. memories it yes, did it took you back of a jam-packed hotel lobby with a i guess bar uh serving us electric lemonades <laughs> it was and then i came back from 7-eleven after the mavs game with like 30 pack. i was yes. like we're gonna we gotta drink some beer that was one night the other night he came back with boudin sausage in his pockets what what a weekend <laughs> we should just do a let's let's look back episode somewhere <laughs> let's let's take everybody yes. through that weekend <laughs> And the first my time Lauer ate like eight bowls of gumbo. Oh my god, he was a machine. And the first time Lauer meets me, where was I? I was sitting at that bar. Yeah, <laughs> closed by himself. <laughs> the champion, of Long Island. Seriously, I was like unbelievable. <laughs> first time closed, he, he closed it down. He That's did. how he does it. Yeah, it was, was like crazy. a. You had to have a like a special meet and greet scheduled to get beyond the the rope to meet him at the bar. 
Yeah. It's fancy. That's what it's like. Even Atlantean in, currency goes a long way. <laughs> even, even, in, even in Texas, I, I'm, I'm known. It's crazy. Anyway. But one of the things, one of the best parts, or I mean, besides the, I love, we all love the movie, so it is a great movie. But one of the best things was Paul Dano's interpretation of the Riddler. Uh, and then we found out a little bit after that, that he was going to be developing a comic, which is now out. I have not read it yet. Have you guys read it? Yes. 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 yes okay. we have. In fact, we're, we're going to be talking about it tomorrow as we record our monthly recap of the Batman Book Club. So I don't want to do too many spoilers, but... It was very interesting. Uh, we posted a clip on it on Straight of Gotham, as we always do. Uh, Matt Reeves was actually the one to get the ball rolling on this. Dano, yes. uh, you know, he did his homework. He says he does a little bit of backstory on his own about his characters that he plays. And, you know, he was telling Matt Reeves about it, not thinking anything of it. And Reeves pitched the idea to Jim Lee, and that's how it got started. So that's pretty fascinating how all branches of DC seem to be working together. And if there's a good idea it seems to be supported throughout the company. And that's what I found most interesting that, you know, actor came up with it. Director was very interested in it and he pitched it to the comic book publisher. So bravo to all involved. Cause uh, I read book one and I very much enjoyed it. And fun fact, he pronounces his last name. Dano. Dano. Paul, I'm sorry, Paul Dano. The more, you know, right. Cause I could have swore I'd seen him on talk shows and he was always called Dano Dano. And yeah, he did a, Oh man, I forget which one it is. I don't, GQ. They do, you know, actors who do like to talk about their most influential yes. roles. Videos. Yes, it, those are really fun and really cool to watch. And yeah, he, his was dropped recently. He talked about the Riddler, and yeah, and he said, "I'm Paul Dano." I'm like, what? Excuse <laughs> me? Did you know you mispronounced your last name, sir? <laughs> it's it's interesting when a, a comic book gets a trailer. That seems to be happening yeah. a lot more these days, but they're still few yeah. and far between. So when that happens on even on social media, it 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 gets my interest. Um, they, Marvel just recently did one for Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man, a sort of Halloween theme book that nice. came out issue one uh, this month. So that also got a trailer. I posted that trailer on Italians for Spidey. Make sure you check that out. That's on Twitter. Um, uh, it, it just kind of gets the hype engine going because if you're going to make a trailer for a comic book, you've got to be really confident in that story. And uh, I think it's worth checking out. Me too. So without giving without giving anything away, what is like. Can you sit, tell us anything about it or you get it's a origin. It's where you see with him is his daily life. Okay. Prior to becoming the Riddler. Okay. All right. Seeds are planted and I think they're done very well. Adult, like adult life. This isn't like, yeah, he was a kid and blah, blah, blah. Cause we kind of got that in the prequel uh, book that they did, like the junior novel. So this, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's not long before the Batman, but it's like a daily his daily life. So, and I'll show right, up. and it's 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 six it's a six issue limited series, yeah, right. And it's going to be on it's under the black label, yep, heading, right. So I, I will say that the expansion of the Batman universe has been done pretty well. Ryan mentioned um, the 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 what was it? What's the name of that uh, the YA novel that just came out? You were just talking the hardcover, the small book. Yeah, it was just like the Batman. I, I think it's just the a junior novel. Um, yeah, if you yeah. keep talking, that was Google done very well. <laughs> this, this is written really well. You know, you got the movie itself. You're getting the expanded Penguin series. So, uh, you know, they have a lot of faith in what Reeves is doing because, you know, it's they're really pumping it out. Oh, it's and, just like uh, I, I th before the Batman, an original movie okay. novel. Uh, that was good. That was very good. I, you know, 
they're pumping this stuff out and they have a lot of faith in what Reeves is doing. And, you know, as, as you know, we're all primarily Batman first fans here. Really good stuff. Like, I, I can't complain mm-hmm. with this, you know, isolated universe. Um, I think they're going about it the right way. Um, you know, some people want to complain about the aesthetic, um, but uh, I got no issue with any of that. And I'm, I'm, hey, I'm really enjoying the ride right now. Like as a Batman fan. Yep. We're riding high, guys. We really are. There's a lot of great Batman stuff out there, mm-hmm. and this is probably uh, one of the best examples of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to read this comic. Uh, so <laughs> one more time. <laughs> I think I think, I have, that tape? I think Wayne Campbell said it best. Excuse me, baking powder. <laughs> uh, I am definitely going to read this one. We're going to have uh, to have Eric on a, on a show. That'd be awesome. About it. Wow. Yeah, he needs to read. We haven't more done Batman that since books. the Future State days, right? Yeah. No, we talked the Gotham Noir. Ed Brubaker. Well, you and I, yes. Mm-hmm. No, no. Me and, me and okay. Lauer did. That'd be awesome. Yeah, the trifecta. Mark and Aquaman and his jesters. In one year. <laughs> yeah, we we did talk um, Go- Gotham Noir, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway. I love but, when Eric reads. It actually kind of gets comics. It, it kind of turns well, me on. When he reads comics, like Eric reads. Read. <laughs> Eric reads, but it's usually like the dictionary. I was going to say, yeah. Or, Law or books. like, you know, he reads like historical documents, the Bible, the, you know, the Ten Commandments, stuff like that. You know, like I read a lot reading. of sports. Yeah, I read a lot of sports biographies. I'll say that. Mike Lupica. Um, like I read The Goat, Jim Gray's The Goat, uh, which was good. But we'll you take know, Jim We'll, so. we'll take what we can get, Eric. And yeah, if you can hop in on this, there I can tell you guys all the time. It's intimidating to start reading some some. It's intimidating to start reading comics because I just don't know where to begin now. I'm like, right where here. do I? The Riddler, year one, I, book one. You have the greatest references in the world. What do you mean you're? Just ask us. This is, but this is perfect. Like this is a first yeah. uh, issue. Start from the beginning, so I could do. You that. can do it. I believe in you. Uh, yeah, right, I do so too. I think you let's. Can do this. Let's do a couple of Marvel tidbits, news stories, and then we can put a wrap on this one. So we all knew, we all were pretty happy when we heard that um, Hugh Jackman was going to be coming back to play Wolverine in Deadpool 3. At least I was. Peter wasn't. Uh, <laughs> so. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> no, I believe you You were angry. That was one of your buttons. No. Okay. <laughs> no, not, not true at all. <laughs> Don't pay me. We're, we're creating buttons. We're creating buttons now. Live, yep. live action. There we go. All right. So there's a little bit of a backstory to this, and in a recent Variety interview uh, with with Hugh Jackman, I believe it was Variety, uh, they they're talking about how this came to be. It's a, it's a whole big art, uh, interview with Hugh Jackman about his new movie coming out, plus the return to playing Wolverine, which is the character that basically made him a Hollywood star. Uh, this is the reason why he started getting roles and he talks about that and how important that is to him. But how this came to be was when Disney first acquired Fox, Brian Reynolds was talking to Kevin Feige about exa- exactly like, how are we going to go about what's the future for Deadpool? Cause as we know, Deadpool is kind of a character that doesn't technically fit into what Pete and I talk about all the time, the Disney, <laughs> the Disney model. So he was kind of worried about it, uh, talking about it. And the subject came up about bringing what, putting the Deadpool Wolverine pairing in because Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds are actually such good friends. And then, so now we know what's happening and they asked Hugh Jackman about it. And he says he thinks he'll be better playing Wolverine now, even after he's played him 19 times <laughs> uh, before. Uh, but he says he's a, he knows a tortured character. He knows he's a feel, he feels he's very comfortable in his own skin. 
And he says he himself is more comfortable now in his own skin, even though it's messier. He lost his father. There's a whole big thing that goes on into the the story. But the cool thing I got was he went to a screening of Deadpool and he was 20 minutes in and he was like, ah, damn it. He kept picturing him and Ryan Reynolds in like this Nick Nolte for Eddie Murphy 48 hours type deal. So I kind of feel like that's what we're going to get in the next film. So knowing that now and reading this interview, guys, like what do you think of uh, how this happened and what we're possibly going to get going forward? Ryan, go ahead. I'm excited for it. I'm really intrigued. I've been... I've been a Ryan Reynolds fan for 20 years since he was Van Wilder. I just like he's in something that's got my interest. And I think Deadpool is just the character for him. So right. just the fact of Deadpool three is coming and it's like, yeah, and then throw in how they did it. And with Hugh Jackman, I'm very like, I know that they put a kibosh on it with Logan, but I mean, this is something I don't know. You can totally create where this is going to go or they will you know oh this is before logan you know whatever it doesn't matter it's fine Uh, yeah in reality just to put in in reality logan happens in 2029 so yeah we're not even there yet there you go but i mean the i think that that's just it's fun it's a fun tidbit which i didn't know until you guys shared the story with me i hadn't read it yet um prior to you guys sending me this stuff yesterday and yeah i like how jackman found out and how you know, he just got a little bit into Deadpool and he was like, oh, my God, this is great. It's wonderful. And the fact that they're going to do something with it because the gags have been in the first two Deadpool movies with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just nothing but happiness on my end when when either one of them would say anything about this project. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to defend myself. I was just <laughs> I was, I'm tired of uh, I kind of got a little fed up with legacy casting. You know, I, I, I feel like it's kind of a trope that's kind of coming on and. I, I hate to feel that way with the, the return of Keaton on the on the horizon, but it's it's just something that it seems to be a little annoying to me. Uh, but I, you know, I can't argue with you, Jacqueline coming back. I think it's brilliant. He had me at forty eight hours. I love forty eight hours. I love another forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know two of my favorite buddy cop movies alongside Lethal Weapon. Um, those four films as well. Uh, so I, I, I the energy that these two give off is really unmatched because of their friendship. You know, that's why I think this thing is going to work brilliantly. I'm not concerned with continuity. As far as I'm concerned with, this is a different Wolverine. You know, I I think this is a different world. Um, So, you know, and like Lauer has said, uh, there have been numerous jokes at Hugh Jackman and Wolverine's expense in the previous two Deadpool movies. So I'm pretty sure Hugh Jackman got fed up with it and said, damn it, I'm just going to do this because he's been taking shots at me for two films now. Um, and I'm excited for it. You know, I, I love Logan. I think Logan is one of the few films that stands up there with the dark Knight. You know, I think it's that good. Um, I think it looks even better in black and white. Make sure you check that out. If you, if you haven't, um, I'm really excited though. Like, you know, the minor gripe I have aside, I, I don't know how I can't be excited for this movie. Uh, you know, and I, I love Deadpool one really uh, a lot and Deadpool two, not as much, but it's still a very, very good film. It's very enjoyable. It, it, it's worth rewatching numerous times. Uh, so I'm really excited to see where this trilogy goes and uh, I'm excited to see what we have in store with the Disney Deadpool. Uh, I imagine he's going to push some buttons. I imagine that, uh, they will cross some lines and I'm all for it. <clears throat> Sorry. 
That's one cough, Lauer. Did you count that? Yes. <laughs> Got <one>. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everything you guys have said, and I've, I totally agree with Lauer that, that Deadpool is the character Ryan Reynolds was born to play. So it's perfect uh, casting that movie. I've loved, I love both of those films and just adding, and Hugh Jackman, although a lot of people were always like upset, oh, he's too tall. Doreen's short and all this other yeah but now ask anyone if they want anyone else to play that character and they're like no <laughs> we want him back we want him to play Wolverine as long as he can uh so it's cool we're getting him back uh, it was cool how to listen how this happened it was cool to see uh, to read about how they uh they've t- been talking about it even for long before it was ever even possible all of that stuff is cool their friendship their chemistry we're going to see all of that play out now and it's going to be fun. I know, Pete, you've been worried about what Disney might allow. I think, I honestly believe with this character, they're just going to say, do what you got to do. Make the movie you want to make. Um, and yeah, just, we will so can take a step removed and just do full on, you know, 20th Century Fox, Fox Studios or whatever. Don't slap right. Disney off. It's just 20th Century now. Okay. Yeah, just like that's the, that's splashed everywhere so they can keep the Disney label off front and center. And it's not like how like Shazam is a new line movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Same thing with Black Adam. It's a new line. Movie. Yeah. Uh, but it also like you think about like Werewolf by Night, how bloody and stuff that is. And that's I still have a, to watch that. I haven't got a chance. That's a DC. You know, I mean, that's sorry. That's a Disney title, right? It's on Disney Plus. It's a Disney thing. So, you know, they're they're a little bit more lenient, I think, with with things that aren't oh, Disney films. Man, you know, I was talking Pete, to your pal Reno. Have you heard of him? Um he said that Barb- in Canada, Barbarian, this horror movie that everybody's talking about on HBO Max here in the U.S., it's on Disney Plus in Canada. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I think because it's a twenty, you know, it's a twentieth century production or whatever. So yeah, it's on Disney Plus, and he sent a screenshot. So I mean, that that not your example, Werewolf by Night. I mean, maybe they just throw it out there. You know, it's Disney logo somewhere with Deadpool, and Deadpool does something to the Disney logo. Like I don't know. So maybe they don't. Maybe this they is, don't hide it. This he is the same Mickey company Mouse. that put a penis on the cover of Little Mermaid. So, like um, that, you know. multiple penises. <laughs> so, uh, don't don't discriminate against the multiples. Yeah, okay, there's multi. Okay, <laughs> let's have Deadpool just chop off Mickey Mouse's head before. They, I, I heard be chop off Mickey Mouse is like, <laughs> where are you going with this? Okay, his head. Okay, one of the ears. <laughs> I know. After the yeah, that was weird for me to yeah. say after we just talked about penises and. <laughs> Hey, that would be that would be ballsy for him too, because Mickey, whenever ah, he hey, it's a, is this the time for the manscape dad? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, when the Mickey logo shows up, you know it's it's always got to be. You see the head and the two ears always in that way. Man, if Deadpool comes in and slashes one off, that's ballsy. Okay, it is. Anyway, sorry. And yes, it is. <laughs> So, jeez, <laughs> he really took this show X-rated. You know, so, yes, I know what your guys' but... average length hell is for an episode, <laughs> and I see where we're at now. I know why it's longer this time. My bad. <laughs> no, no, but you did break, give me the perfect segue to introduce Fresh Ball Fall. <laughs> so it is Fresh Ball Fall. It is the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to f- trim your balls with ease. See, when I, read this now, <laughs> when I read this now, I think of the Snoop Dogg, Andy Samberg commercial. Oh, yeah. Snoop D-O-double-G. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you just let him. That's, 
<laughs> anyway, wow, that's right, guys. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, the company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GOTHAM. Remember, the Platinum Package 4.0. Get the body trimmer, the weed whacker nose and air here. Uh, ear hair, air hair, ear hair trimmer. Um, it's waterproof, so you guys can do it, you know, in the shower and do all that. You get a body wash, you get the shampoo, you get deodorant. This is whole big, huge package now. Ha ha. There we go again. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, guys, Pete and I talk about this all the time. This partnership has been great for multiple reasons, multiple reasons, but that nose and hair trimmer is legit. That's the probably the most powerful one I've ever used. Yep. And like, I didn't pay as much attention to this stuff before I got, we had the partnership with Manscaped. Now it's become part of a routine for me. So it's been pretty cool. This partnership with them again, you can always get our discount Lauer. What about you, man? Is this, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Eric opened the doors, you, Peter. Okay. <laughs> you let, you let us here. You let us here. I did. So, <laughs> um, I always, I definitely know that, you know, the, the, the woody trees, they shed some leaves in the fall and you know, you, you still want the tree to look nice. So, uh, take care of it correctly and make, sure, make sure you, make sure you, uh, make sure you rake the leaves afterward. Okay. Let's not be an animal. <laughs> um dispose of correctly and i mean the the best tools for the job i mean manscaped will do it it's true it's been it's yeah it makes everything so much easier i'm gonna lie Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you if you guys you know a little bit older guys you feel like you just had a razor and some scissors now you you actually have (laughs) which they do have now though as part of one of their uh packages they do have a little pair of scissors out of control lawn care in the 1800s pre-manscaped my goodness (laughs) like imagine like doing it during like the times of like nights you know just trimming it with a sword you're just crossing your crossing your uh your fingers that you're not gonna slap like don't want to cross your streams (laughs) (laughs) when you're at candlelight and you're just like taking a whack at it so god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how long does this promo need to go on for we'll just keep going all right so anyway no 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 no, no. Um, i let you guys I, I, know i used your code um to when i had to restock on some uh body wash and the shampoo delicious scent um, yeah that's the best thing i think the scent of their the products is yeah. just mm-hmm. it's awesome mm-hmm. like i love that scent it's so, a good cologne uh, scent. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. It definitely is. So guys, don't forget, you go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code Gotham. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code Gotham. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks. Time to shine. Get ballsy like Disney. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it's also someone else's time to shine again. <laughs> uh, so the last time we saw Vision was in WandaVision. It was at the end, and he was actually the White Vision, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I believe that's what it was called. Yes. So we are going to apparently get a, a show from featuring the White Vision called Vision Quest. Um, I often I have wondered since that last episode what they were going to do with the character. I didn't know if they were going to continue on with him or we were just going to see him pop up in different kinds of uh, you know little cameo appearances here and there. But apparently, there's a show in development. So. 
what do you guys think? Are you, are, were you, did you like the way Vision was left off? Did you want to see more of the character? Were you fine if we never saw Vision again? I was fine. Uh, Vision was probably, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is your show. I'm speaking up too soon. Uh, I, I was fine if they were done with them. I don't know anything about this white vision at all. Um, I loved WandaVision. I thought that show was great. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm in such a, which I know that you're going to talk about Marvel here again coming up. And I'm, I'm so out of the loop on Marvel these days. With, <laughs> well, it's okay. with a lot of stuff with Marvel. Um, yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, it's pretty exciting because, uh, you know, like I don't, you know, I don't, I wasn't really pleased with the end of Wandavision, um, so uh, to see where Vision, you know, continues off of, uh, you know, post this traumatic event, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm down to see that and where that goes forward, but. Uh, you know, th- this is cool because, you know, Larry, you said, you, you know, you're kind of out of the loop. I don't really know anything about uh, white vision. So like, this is going to tell me stuff about a character that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to learn some new things and uh, go forward with that. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see what actually happens with Wanda and uh, you know, what the deal is. Right. Uh, I would imagine she would appear somewhat in the show at some point. So we'll see what happens. Um, but for me overall, it, it's very interesting stuff uh, just because, you know, he wasn't, uh, I don't think he factored into multiverse of madness at all. From what I can remember, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to just be Wanda only. So we'll see uh, how the events of uh, Westfield uh, or Westview, I forget what the hell the name of the town was, uh, you know, how that reacts to, you know, vision still being there. If he is still there, what goes on, how he deals with his grief. So uh, I'm all down uh, to see what goes on there. Yeah, me too. It stresses um, me out just a little bit because it's like, a, oh no, another TV show. I only <laughs> keep up with House of the Dragon and like Halloween themed baking shows right now. So it's it's like, <laughs> I can't add another Halloween themed baking shows. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, no. um, it's it's been tough to keep up with a lot of the MCU stuff just because it's been so expansive. Like I, I don't know what's going on uh, with. Um, like Ironheart, for instance, like that's a show that I'm not really interested in. I'll give the first episode a watch. I'll see where it goes, but it's definitely going to be something where I'm going to have to, you know, probably pick up later. Cause it's just lower on, uh, on my radar. Now, you know, that's the thing, like, you know, we know that Riwi makes an appearance in black Panther Wakanda forever. So, you know, if she steals the show, I can see that jumping up in my, in my cue list for sure. Hmm. Right, so you mentioned uh, Ironheart, Pete, and we know we're going to get a little bit of exposure to Ironheart in Wakanda Forever. So you know you'll be able to learn a little bit of her backstory. I'm assuming through that film, get exposed to that, and then we have the we have what we know of Vision and how it left off was that he basically the White Vision got the old Vision's. <laughs> Here's Leia again. Yeah. The White Vision got She's the old for Vision. Yeah. Is. got the old vision's memories put into him kind of like what happened to age of ultron between him and ultron now it kind of happened to the other way in at the end of wandavision where he kind of gives his memories and, and then the white vision takes off because he remembers who mm-hmm. he's supposed to be now so yeah from that point of view i'm interested now to see where that's going so i'm glad we're getting this series because it's kind of in the character who i think has been shortchanged through the whole mcu 
Uh, he's a much more powerful character, I think, than he he got a little bit of that. Got to see that a little bit in Age of Ultron. Do you think but... so? I think he's gotten a good amount of exposure. Uh, I don't know if the characters. Well, he's been in films like you've we've seen him. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's been the Vision from the books. If you know, uh, the Vision I can't. From the I can't tell you that. I've never really read Vision books, but I feel like the whole Wanda Vision, not the show, but the relationship, really took kind of a, a forefront in the MCU ever since Ultron. I think he's been a huge factor. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He's been in, and he's a key. He's a key part of obviously what happens in in Endgame and in Infinity War. He's a key part of all of that. Uh, but I don't know. When I think of the characters in the MCU that I'd like to see a little bit more, and he was kind of one of the ones I've always said. I wish we would have seen more of the real Vision. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward. But it's a very cool thing that we're getting him back. I like Paul Bettany as an actor, so I think that's good. He's fabulous. Well. Yeah, so I think it'll be good going forward. From that point of view. Well, you got your wish. He's getting a spinoff. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see. Uh, so we'll see that. So let's end also on with one more, uh, two more things. We'll do the quick trailer reviews for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we'll start with that one. Uh, pretty cool, I thought. Uh, we see John Majors again. We see Kang. So we get a little bit of exposure. We know he's back. Uh, you see Bill Murray pop up. I'm not sure who he's playing. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> get canceled. Yeah, but it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of like a sci-fi film. This one kind of reminds me of a science fiction, like they're all technically science fiction, but this one, like a traditional science fiction film, you get to the quantum realm. I'm getting like heavy honey. I shrunk the kids vibes from this one, you know, stuff like that. More like a scientific level. Cassie's like older now. She's got a, a part of the whole thing. So it's been, it's pretty cool trailer. Uh, Ant-Man is one of the characters that was a surprise hit for them and he's been awesome like Pete I know you talk about how much you love it uh, the yeah. Ant-Man movie so yeah I'm, I'm digging this one I'm pretty much in I'm in for this yeah trailer sold me everything I needed to hear I, I like the family aspect um, and you know just it, it's cool seeing just the, the, the ant I guess the ant family <laughs> you know you've got Pfeiffer you've got um, what's his name uh, and uh, uh, what the hell is her uh, what's uh, hope like I, I know I'm mixing characters and actors names but overall I think it'd be a cool dynamic to see them all together you know in this kind of like miniature universe and I thought I, you know I thought the trailer looked interesting I like the action I'm interested to see how Kang puts uh, Ant-Man in between a rock and a hard place because it seems like that's where the trailer ends and we we know Kang is going to serve a larger purpose so you know they've kind of been teasing him Thanos style uh, now in a couple movies and TV shows and so, so on and so forth so I think it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes you know the multiverse saga is the official title of this phase so uh, I'm looking forward to it I, I'm a big fan of Ant-Man 1 I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is underrated I thought that was really cool um, and we're going to see you know just the future I'm, I'm really interested in this kind of subatomic world and you know what uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is hiding uh, you know what she didn't explain that sounds really cool to me and just I'm, I'm interested to see just you know just the future of this because like Eric said it's such a surprise not only Ant-Man but Paul Rudd as a hero so I, I, I'm all for it and uh, you know to be honest with you I'm really craving some Baskin Robbins right now <laughs> so I can go for some ice cream <laughs> Lauer not my thing I I'm not that interested in the third Ant-Man movie. 
Sorry to bring it down. Yeah. And I loved the first one. I did. I loved that first one. The second one, I was like, eh. And yeah, just watching the trailer of this one. I don't need to bring it down. I thought Ghost was such a cool villain. No, it's not bringing it down. We want your opinion. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's that's cool. <laughs> you're, allowed, you're allowed to you're allowed to crap on things. This, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you're allowed to crap I, on listen, things. I'm, I'm a defender of stuff can maybe not look that great in a trailer, and it's because graphics, a lot of stuff aren't finished, you know, and stuff looks better by the time the movie's released. But a lot of this just did look like flat out. We're standing in front of a green screen. Oh, was and like well, which I know yeah. that's what they're doing, but also like it sh- that shouldn't matter as a thought when you're watching, and that's all that I don't know. I just I don't know. I watched it, and I'm not not interested. So have fun, <laughs> <laughs> have fun when you guys see it in the theater. <laughs> I will, maybe. No, I mean if it's if it's trash, it's trash. I'll say it's trash. Like I'll sure. be, I'll totally be the one. To and be what like, do yeah. I know? Marvel farts, and they make a billion dollars. So that's it, true. Have you seen Captain Marvel? I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I'm probably in a minority here, but I'm just not. I'm not that interested. So there we go. The end. All right. Well, what about what about the Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy holiday special? That looked delightful. Okay. Complete opposite reaction <laughs> with that special i thought it looked charming i thought it was fun i thought the whole inclusion of kevin bacon because he's in footloose and that's all that peter knows is uh early 80s so you know that's of course who they would go and try and find is kevin bacon you know 40 years later and then the ending shot of mantis and drax bouncing like yard to yard i think i think mantis i've loved that character since they brought her in in the second in volume two which uh, you know, I'm like one of the few that actually really likes that one. Um, uh, I like the Mantis character. Uh, but yeah, so I, just, um, I, I think this special looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I'm with you. I had no I did not expect Kevin Bacon to be this. And <laughs> when they I was I was kind of wondering what they were going to do. I actually thought they were going to kidnap Santa Claus. Like that's where I thought they were going. And then they throw the the curveball of Kevin Bacon in there. And I was yeah. like, this is incredible. Like this yes. takes like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon to a whole new level because now he's literally connected yeah. to everyone. Thanks to the MCU. Yes. Um, Cause he's playing Kevin Bacon. I, I imagine um, this is absolutely just a brilliant idea. Um, and you know, I wasn't a fan of, of guardians too. So I, don't call me a James Gunn show. Cause I didn't like that movie, uh, but uh, I'm pumped to see where this goes. Um, I think Batista as Drax has kind of been a hidden gem, um, you know, and I'm interested to see that character evolve. And, uh, you know, he's grown into really one hell of an actor. So I kind of hope to see a little bit more range and depth from him. But yeah, you know, it, it, I, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this is interesting. All right. And then, like I said, just once you see Kevin Bacon, I was like, this is intense and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for that. So, and uh, actually the first time I ever saw Kevin Bacon, anything was Friday the 13th. Uh, the nice. original movie. So that is, wow. and that's also very eighties as well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, again, just this, this looks fun. This looks like a good time and I look forward to watching it on Christmas Eve or whenever it drops. Uh, November. Oh, November. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're starting early. 25th. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Thanksgiving. Yep. My question is, what is Sean Gunn going to do after 
in the Mar- the Marvel Universe when James leaves. He's going to start <laughs> showing up in all the DC stuff. He's already Calendar <laughs> well, he's, Man he's in the Weasel. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Wasn't he Weasel too, technically? He was Weasel, he yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's fine. He's good. He's well, he's employed. I don't think he's uh, he has to worry about uh, you know. I, I'm if there's a Guardians four, I would imagine he would be in it unless he gets killed off in three. You know, uh, I would imagine he can. He he's not exclusive to uh, uh, Warner Brothers just because his brother is, but he's gonna pop up in a bunch of DC stuff. Definitely. I mean, he pops up in all his brother's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This was this was delightful. As as Lauer said, this was something that. Uh, you know, definitely fits the the IP. Obviously, they're this is what they are as characters, and um, I, it's, I think it's going to be a fun show. Do we know how long this is? I'm not sure. If it's a special, like man, I just my guess is hour? like 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, okay. I would guess it probably a Werewolf by Night's about an hour, so I would guess it's probably in that range. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it'd be a yeah. movie. <laughs> right exactly also be a movie so i'm really yeah i'm really excited for this one and uh again we're not we don't know what's going to happen after three with guardians of the galaxy we don't know how that ends so enjoy these characters while they're there uh, and the actors might, well, might want to move on too so if i'm not mistaken um, james gunn always said he was going to be done with guardians after three so I, yeah, yeah. Gonna, this that'll be the conclusion to his guardians uh story so I would imagine he's not he would even without this DC contract I imagine he wouldn't have come back for four he he made it pretty clear uh, yeah he was he was going to end it and uh, his way and and move on from there so yeah but will Pratt be back we heard Batista probably won't be back so like you know this might be one of the last times you get to see his character so yep. it's going to be cool though it's going to be a cool little thing and uh, Christmas stuff usually always kind of just make something a little bit better when you throw I was gonna say you slap a little bit of Christmas spirit on something. It's like, I mean maybe it was garbage, but I mean it was it was fun garbage. You know, <laughs> at, at at worst. But I don't think that this will be garbage. I don't either. So all right. Trash guys. panda, but no garbage. <laughs> Trash panda. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up now. We're gonna wrap this show. So Lauer, thank you so much for coming on. Oh it's been far too long. My pleasure. And uh, it's been of far an too episode, long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been far too long that I've worked with you, so it's been fun doing something creatively with you again. So thank you for coming on. This the show. is great. If you ever do uh, a Mountain Dew poll, you can. Um, I'll be back. Um, just <laughs> let me know when. And Cost would like to join for that one as well. But yeah, thanks for the invite. It's fun to talk some nerd, uh, mostly DC, which is always a uh, your avenue. Always a joy. Yes. Much more, much more your thing. So it's it's, very, yes, it's much more my thing. So very much fun, and we didn't get into, we didn't have a lot of other news. Sometimes we talk other things, but really, I thought we got a lot of news in here. No, no, I meant like other outside of this one was pretty much DC Marvel. That that was what we did. I'm mostly DC, a little bit of Marvel, yeah. and then that's yeah. But thanks again. So tell everyone where they can find you, sir. Tell all your contacts and all your plugs and all that. Oh, I I host uh, the Batman Book Club, which you should avoid um, because it's just full of nonsense that Pete likes to rant about. Um, but yeah, I host that podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just find it. The Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC. Pete's on there all the time. I think this month he's on there like seven times as well as uh, other podcasts I did with him for Batman on film in which I have a lot of reviews and interviews posted there. So check me out there as well. And yes, while it's been a while for 
the Aquaman to be on the show. We'll get him to read some more comics and he'll be on. <laughs> Aquaman book club, anyone? anyone? Yeah, there we go. Start oh, that. Let's get it going. So, yes. <laughs> thanks for having me, gentlemen. Is Aquaman a good book? Uh, right now, he doesn't have a book at, okay. currently, a monthly, but uh, there's are, there are plenty of uh, Aquaman books to read over the character's history. Well, I know that. I just Start New 52, Jeff Johns. Yeah, start with that. If you, if, you, if you want to start off at a, at a number one starting point, that's probably your best bet. Okay, that's good to know. All right, Pete, your turn. Give him, give him your spiel. Uh, you can follow me all over social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Vero at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one. That's the podcast you're listening to right now. Straight out of Gotham at Straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Consider joining and uh, following both. You can follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition uh, podcast. That is at Italians, number four, Spidey on Twitter. Uh, I co-host that with Nicholas and Nico Caruso, the uh, the finest that Wrigley Field can offer. Um, you can check out at Team Yellow Oval because we're still riding high on the return of Michael Keaton. Uh, that's the one legacy casting that I hope doesn't fade for me. Um, you could check me out on batmanonfilm.com. I've got comic book reviews. I've got interviews. I've got movie animated movie reviews. Uh, I've got reviews of the greatest TV show to ever be written, Batwoman Season 3. Uh, you could check out Batman on Film on YouTube. I have interviews with Mr. Uslin uh, and Tara Strong, among others there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm all over the internet. I'm doing a bunch of things. Uh, i got toy reviews up on YouTube, too, so check that stuff out. And uh, as always, it's just a fun time to come here and uh, chit-chat with, uh, with the fellas. Thank you, sir. You guys know where to find me. Twitter at finally 33. Same as on Instagram. Check me out over there as well, even though really that's just where I post food pictures. So really not much of a reason to go there, except to see what I made for dinner. Uh, you could check that out over there on my Instagram page. Uh, if you guys like basketball, specifically New York Knicks, I have a podcast called All Nicked Up on Twitter. It's at all underscore Nick underscore up where me and my friends discuss the plight of being a New York Knicks fan as well. But they're three and two. They're playing OK this year, so I can't I can't really uh, be mad yet. Uh, but that might change as the season goes on, as these things tend to do with them. So you can check out over there. If you guys are watching Andor, I do a weekly show on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. discussing Disney Plus and Lucasfilm, Star Wars, Andor. Uh, the show has been pretty controversial. Shocker with Star Wars stuff. It usually is. But um, def- I've been enjoying it. I've had Steve Helm on. I've had Aaron Varola from um, the Family Garage on. So if you guys want to check that out, it's a live stream. When are you going to have Rick Shue? I do- it's funny you bring that up because I've been trying to get him on, but you know, Mr. Um, he needs 80 dress rehearsals before he could start anything. So <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, it's a little difficult to make that happen for a weekly show. So we'll see how that works out over there. But, um, as Pete mentioned, guys, our stuff, our group on Facebook, our, our page on Facebook, that's where all our information is. The group is a good place where we can get in and, and talk to you guys and talk about stuff that happens during the week like we did this past week with the uh, news of Gunn and Saffron joining. We had a little bit of a discussion over there, Black Adam, stuff like that, all that fun stuff we do in the Facebook group. So if you want to be a part of it, search for Straight Outta Gotham Facebook group and ask to be invited and we will bring you in. It's always a fun time. I, always, I love talking to you guys about this stuff. So I also want to end the show by wishing everyone a happy Halloween. Uh, this Monday is Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. So I want to wish you guys a happy Halloween. I hope you enjoy 
the holiday. I hope you, if you, you're never too old to trick or treat. So never, if you want to get out there and trick or treat, go ahead. Uh, dress up, but you got to be dressed up. That's my only caveat. If people come to my door and they're not dressed up, I'm like, yeah, leave. I'm not giving you candy. <laughs> so you throw apples at them. So yeah, so I don't. I'm not one of those guys. But uh, you should give them broccoli. Like if you come into my house without a costume, <laughs> I'm giving you broccoli. Or costume ideas. Just write about a piece of paper here. Here you go. This is should be. Put that in their basket. That'd be funny. Uh, but I believe that's it. Unless you guys have any closing comments. Hasbula. <laughs> the long Halloween. There we go. So for Ryan Lauer and Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next time. Booyah! <laughs>